This is Bernie Sanders taking over the lotto with Crowder Channel because I've been notified that they've been doing a parody of me that is not accurate. Don't listen to him! I'm the real Bernie Sanders! That's not true. You are an imposter. And what you are doing is slander. I'm the real Bernie Sanders! And I'll prove it! How do you intend to do that? Look here! I'm giving away 90% of my income! Aha! Uh-huh. Bernie Sanders would never give away 90% of his own income. There is your proof. Bernie Sanders only gives away 90% of your income. And I promise you that under a Bernie Sanders presidency, 90% of all of your income, if you are wealthy or successful or employ people or contribute to the economy, will be given to other Americans who do none of those things because it is the most helpless Lazy and ineffective among us who need the greatest help. And in a Bernie Sanders presidency, they will get it. We can do better, America, and Bernie Sanders will. Son of a bitch! (laughs) Ah! You found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. I don't like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. Not a big home improvement market in Detroit. <laughs> we are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal, I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to And that sound means it's the weekend. I am your host, Stephen Crowder. You can follow me on the... You can go to lotterwithcrowder.com to see the video stream, which we have going here uh, soon. We're, we're beta testing it this morning, hosting with me in studio, as always. Uh, producing, sorry, is uh, my producer, Not Gay Jared. You can follow him on Twitter at Not Gay Jared. I fulfilled my legal obligations. Draw your own conclusions. We good? Yeah, we're kind of good. We're getting there. We are good. Listen, we have pulled, if, if, if I sound like I have the bird flu and Not Gay Jared sounds like he has SARS, it's because we were up all night last night Watching the GOP debates, we do have a new cartoon going up. I, I think you've seen some of those in the past, the cartoons of the GOP debates. So we have one of those going up online today. And uh, it's it's been an all-nighter. Not only that, also, I do have the bird flu and Jared has SARS. Yeah, it's not been fun. So there's that. It's the worst. It is just one of those deals. You know, sometimes you can get away with you sound a little more masculine. Uh, we just sound we, – we sound like heroin addicts. It's a problem. It's a problem, but my voice sounds lower. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll work on this. If you prefer this voice, we'll toss up a pole. More more bourbon and smoking. And I can make it sound this way every day. Yesterday, GOP debates. GOP, what, not a fan? You know, I just feel like I learned literally nothing new at any of them anymore. I feel like it's just kind of like a rerun of the last one, which was a rerun of the last one. And they just kind of rehashed their most recent, you know, to publicly hash out their private battles that they've been having, and that's the most entertaining thing you have to look forward to, generally speaking. Yeah, well, okay, speaking of, there were a few things. I think 
it's it's widely acknowledged from the debates. And you can tweet me at S. Crowder and let me know what you think that Ted Cruz and, and Marco Rubio came out on top. Um, I was I was interested that finally Trump for the first time. And it was because he was forced to by Ted Cruz engaged on stage with another front runner. Yeah. As opposed to just doing the behind the media the, the back tweets, deal. The... And the tweets. Yeah. Because Trump, you know, that wasn't a part of Trump's plan. He he definitely seemed. So let me kind of break it down for you. There's been this birtherism going around with, with Ted Cruz. Uh, for, first, this. If you. Let me say this. I've criticized Trump. Now, I caught a lot of flack because we criticized Ted Cruz for weeks on this show. Uh, long before we ever had him on the show, I said, you know, I really like Ted Cruz. He just he just doesn't have a chance, does not come across in a way that appeals to most Americans. Now, I still think that, but I think it, that improved last night when you saw a sense of humor, when you saw how quick he was. I still think most Americans who aren't conservative hobbyists have a negative, uh, I, I guess, sort of experience with Ted Cruz. He comes across a little prefab. I've talked about that. Now, see, the funny thing is, I did that for weeks, and I said, but he's a consistent conservative, and I do think if he were able to win that he would be a great president. Guess what the Ted Cruz fans did? Not much. I said, okay, we'll just wait, just wait. Now, I have since criticized Donald Trump. I've criticized Marco Rubio on his amnesty. I've criticized Carly Fiorina on her mismanagement of the campaign. I've criticized every single person in this race. And the reaction is, well, we disagree with you. When you criticize Trump, the reaction is, I, I hope he audits you. I hope he deports you with all those muzzy lovers, right? That's what we get a lot. So I understand. Conservative. Conservative. Yeah. <laughs> it's a silly term. If you use that, you're immediately off my moral radar. So uh, that being said, if you are a conservative host out there, and, you know, at our wonderful home station, Wham, um, you know, the other the other host there creates original show, Therone, is very willing to talk about these things. There are a few people out there. But I have noticed a lot of the big boys, and you'll see this in the GOP debates today, they will never criticize Donald Trump. I even heard one of them say, I'm not going to insult my audience because he has a huge listenership. I'm not one of the elitists. I'm not going to insult my audience. Well, we will. We will. Okay. If you you can support Trump, that's fine. But if you are not willing to at all criticize Trump at any point, when, of course, he's lifelong Democrat before this, okay, he is the one he is the one non-conservative in this race. Um, you are off my radar as someone I can respect as truthful. Now, that's fine. You can support Trump. I understand he has a lot of supporters. But if you are in this business, if you are a host, if you are a pundit and you claim to be a conservative and you have never once given serious criticism regarding Trump to your audience, you're a sellout. You're a sellout because Trump is clickbait. We know Trump is great for ratings. So we will be critical of everybody. Rubio really uh, ticked me off with a couple of things last night. We'll get to that. But the highlight, of course, is the birtherism with with Ted Cruz. Uh, Donald Trump has been the one to circulate this. He hides behind it. The one thing I find funny is he never actually owns up to it, says it's someone else. But it's all it's no one else. That's the thing with us. It's always, listen, you know, someone else. I'm not saying there's someone else. Well, who's saying it? Well, just, just people. There are other people. There are scholars. Who, you know, there are other people. Who, who's the people? Listen, people talk. People talk, okay, and frankly, not nice things, what they're talking, Ted. So this was brought up, the Ted Cruz birth thing. This was the big moment. They finally 
took out the big guns, Cruz and Trump. And we're going to play some of that uh, from the debate, the debate, the bite. The bite. Like I said, it was an all nighter. We'll roll some of this and go. Natural born. And that has raised questions about your eligibility. Do you want to try to close this topic once and for all tonight? <laughs> well, Neil, I'm glad we are focusing on the important topics of the evening. <laughs> That should tell you how the audience feels about Trump's You know, back in September, uh, my friend Donald said that he had had his lawyers look at this from every which way. And there was no issue there. There was nothing to this birther issue. Now, (laughs) since September, the Constitution hasn't changed. (laughs) But the poll numbers have. And I recognize... I recognize that Donald is dismayed that his poll numbers are falling in Iowa. But the facts and the law here are really quite clear. Under long-standing U.S. law, the child of a U.S. citizen Trump born is abroad no. is I a natural-born citizen. If a soldier has a child abroad, that child is a natural-born citizen. That's why John McCain, even though he was born in Panama, was eligible to run for president. If an American missionary as a child abroad, that child is a natural-born citizen. That's why George Romney, Mitt's dad, was eligible to run for president even though he was born in Mexico. At the end of the day, the legal issue is quite straightforward, but I would note that the birther theories that Donald has been relying right. on, some of the more extreme ones insist that you must not only be born on U.S. soil, and this is but important. have two the note. Parents born on U.S. soil under that theory, not only would I be disqualified, Marco Rubio would be disqualified, Bobby Jindal would be disqualified, and interestingly enough, Donald J. Trump would be disqualified. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Mic drop. That was me mimicking a mic drop. Ah. I don't know if that's okay or not. It was terrible. It was no. terrible. Uh, and then, so Donald Trump's response, of course, is to, oh, you're lying about the polls. So here, let me, let me skim through this here. NBC Wall Street Journal. So Donald Trump will say it had nothing to do with him. He, right, he's going to argue right now that he doesn't support the birther thing. That's what he's going to argue. It's not him. He doesn't support it. But it sounds a little bit like an enthusiastic guy who supports the birther thing. So here we go. Did you raise this because of his rising Let me just tell you something. And you know because you just saw the numbers yourself. NBC Wall Street Journal just came out with a poll. Headline... Trump way up, Cruz going down. I mean, so don't. So you can't. His only argument is the poll. I, they don't like the Wall Street Journal. They don't like NBC, but I like the poll. And frankly, <laughs> it just came out. And in Iowa now, as you know, Ted, in the last three polls, right. representation number one, number two. This isn't me saying it. I don't care. He doesn't care. I think care. I'm going to win that, fair Jared? and square. I don't have to win this way. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about Thank this. you. Lawrence tried. And, and I don't have to win this way. I don't have to win this way. He's the one who put it out. This is the definition of cowardice. That's the problem with this, right? Is saying, I don't feel this way. It's not me. And then he goes in. We have a video that's seven minutes of him pointing to everyone else. Said right. the ride. I don't like that. Okay. Point is someone. Else. I already know the Democrats are going to be bringing a suit. You have a big lawsuit over your head while you're running. And- no, there are no Democrats who are going to be bringing a suit. This is important for you to know. Alan Grayson, a joke, said he would, and it would it would be completely irrelevant, and we know that it wouldn't stick. But why does Donald Trump know that all these Democrats are going to be bringing a suit? That to me was something. Go well. How would he know? 
because nobody else knows. There's nobody else who knows that except for Donald Trump. Here, we'll, we'll get through this. You become the nominee. Who the hell knows if you can even serve an office? Everything, by so the way, personal out. attack. The, the fact is, there's a big overhang. There's a big question mark on your head. All right. So, and here's how he ends. He attacks the integrity, of course. Senator, you want to respond? Well, listen, I've spent my entire life defending the Constitution before the U.S. Supreme Court. Are zero. Now, Mr. Trump. I'm sorry, there's so much to go through. He then ends with saying, you know, you didn't have to misrepresent that. You're losing the polls, Ted. I had respect for you before. Not now. I was going to make you VP. Not now. Everything's a personal threat. Everything's a personal attack from Trump in this debate. Um, Cruz argued the eligibility. He argued the Constitution. Trump didn't. Now, I know for Trump fans, it doesn't matter what I say. It was obviously very entertaining. But it's not very productive. And if you notice any of these controversies that stem from Donald Trump with other candidates... They aren't, they aren't, issue, they don't expose issues. They don't expose policies. They're always unproductive cat fights that people have to acknowledge that end up being distractions. So uh, we'll come back. There were some Rubio things that, that weren't super great. We'll talk about it after this. This Week in Feminism. I had a job, and then I didn't show up. No, I don't. That means we are glad to be back and my voice is down here. I'm just kidding with you. It's a little bit sick. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. I mean, it's bad. SARS isn't that bad. SARS isn't that bad. Just go full on Uh, Japanese and do the the surgical mask when you get on an airplane. You know, that's a great way when I do uh, travel like Megabus or Greyhound. Mm -hmm. I just, it's the cheapest way to actually get two seats. It's a good. Just bring one of those little masks on. No one wants to sit by you. And fake a Japanese accent. Well, yeah, if you can. People, they when usually people say, can people I? think I'm insane, not Japanese. <laughs> can, can I sit next to you? Oh, I can't believe. I can't believe you want to sit next to me. Oh, this is an insane person. It is tough to know the difference between insane people and Asians. I fully admit that. Um, they do weird things. There's a cultural disconnect with Asians in the United States. Like where my family lives when I was there in Texas, very, very uh, uh, heavily Asian area. Heavy, heavily Asianly. I see this going playfully racist. And uh, a guy, I swear to you, was wearing a, and it was every day. It was his workout. He would be out in the sun, and he would wear a welder's mask, and walk backwards with ankle weights, just for just for kicks. Yeah. Huh. Um, same with Asians in the pool. There, they would like do these weird like standing and walk backwards while fanning their arms in the pool. Um, just weird stuff, you know, weird stuff. That's just not, not things that normal people do. I know it's a cultural disconnect. I know it's probably very normal over my, there. My old neighbor used to sit on his roof all day long. He used to sketch him, but he wasn't Asian. He was actually, uh, Jim, Jim Trestle's brother, actually. 
live next to us. He would just sit on his roof, but it has nothing to do with anything Asian. It has nothing to do with anything Asian. But I'm just thinking just, a weird a, dude. just a weird random Might stuff. Be sociopath. Um, maybe he's a little bit Asian. Maybe just an eighth, sixteenth. Yeah, I don't I think don't I don't think there no are many knows. eighth Asians. They don't do a lot of crossbreeding. They kind of yeah, stay within their own country. Cross, not around the cross promotions. Yeah, you want to know who would never say, kind of like you have these progressives who talk about, and honestly, I don't really care. I don't care if I have a daughter, if I have a, a son, and uh, you know, they marry a, a black person, an Asian person, an Indian person. Well, Indian is Asian. Um, I don't care as long as the principles are there. I don't care what my grandkids look like. But you know who would never say that? Asians. They are so, you know, no, 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 you must creep with the bloodline. Like, it's so every other race of people aside from Caucasians care about that. And it's true. Listen, you can call me call me uh, uh, contributing to the white genocide or whatever. I know we'll get some people who are really angry. I, I really don't care. It's not a race thing to me. But it is funny that in every other country, and that's the big difference between the United States and a place like China or a place like Japan or a place like uh, even um, – you know, even, uh, I guess, Russia. We are not a race of people. We are not an ethnicity of people in the United States. We're a collective of an ideology. And that's what's so different. And so when I see a lot of these conservatives right now talking about white as opposed to the American ideology, that does bother me. It does bother me because it's nothing to do with color of your skin. And, and if you're being honest, you would acknowledge that because we all know people who are black, who are Asian, who are maybe uh, Middle Eastern or Lebanese um, who are entirely American, who, who believe in American exceptionalism, many of whom are Christians, who adhere to all the values that we do. So I understand the problem with immigration right now, and I think it's a really serious issue. But the issue is we can't have people coming in, not because they're not part of the race, there is no American race, but because they don't ascribe to the American ideology, the American melting pot. That's what matters. And I see sometimes people getting veer, they're veering off course a little bit, and I understand it because in Europe, you know, their culture is gone in Sweden or in Germany, and it's being replaced by Islamic culture, by culture from really third world countries who are conquering their people and who are committing rapes and murders and violent crimes at a, just an astronomical rate. I understand it. But the difference between those countries and the United States is they're not founded on an ideology. They're founded on a people. We're not. So when you go forward and make those arguments, don't make it about, oh, white people, the only people you can discriminate against. That's You missed the point. There's a stronger point, and the point is America, what America is meant to be. Otherwise, you sound like a racist. What are we gonna That's say? a really smooth connection from Japanese guy walking backwards. Yeah, I know. Mask. I went from racism was, to just a beautiful, unifying speech. That was a speech. beautiful point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, speaking, let's go back here. One thing that was a highlight for sure for Marco Rubio last night was on the Second Amendment issue. Um, I won't play the whole thing, but let me play a little bit of this for you. And let me cue it up. Boom, boom. You said that President Obama wants to take people's guns away, yet under his presidency, gun sales have more than double. That doesn't sound like a White House unfriendly <laughs> to gun owners. That sounds like people afraid the president's going to take yeah, the guns away. Of course. <laughs> Look, the Second Amendment is not an option. It is not. That's all you need to know. That's really, he goes on, he makes some great points, but that's one thing Marco Rubio does. He definitely sounded the most presidential last night. The Second Amendment is not an option. There's a bumper sticker if I ever heard one. And I'm not a soundbite guy. I was just glad to hear that. I was glad to hear a candidate crystallize that. Now, 
What did tick me off with Rubio, if you watched the, the debates last night, and then we'll, we're going to, oh, by the way, I didn't even introduce, we have Chris Lieben coming on next, by the way, for people listening. Uh, UFC legend also just got out of prison and uh, drug rehabilitation, uh, has a new book out, crazy story. So we're going to talk about being in the prison system, what's that, what that's like, his, his life. He's also conservative. He went to prison for a trumped-up gun charge in California for a legal gun that was registered in Oregon but wasn't legal in California, and that's what the DEA got him on. Um, as far as Rubio, the thing that really bothered me was when he went after Cruz, Rubio didn't really go after Trump. He went after Cruz, and, and the one thing that was really disingenuous was talking about how Cruz voted to f- uh, cut military funding. No, the reason he didn't vote for a bill to fund the military, and Marco Rubio knows this because he was also a big part in the creation of an amendment, was because Cruz wanted the military to get more funding in this specific instance. So if a bill comes on your desk to say, hey, the military will get, I'm using a, hey, the military is going to get 50 bucks. And you say, well, no, we know they need 100 bucks. I'm going to vote no on the 50 bucks and make sure we change this bill so they get 100 bucks. That's what Cruz did. Rubio knows that, and he went after Cruz on that. And I will tell you, that is one thing that definitely made me take a step back and go, okay, is this is this Rubio guy honest? Um, I understand during the primary debates the need to, to be politically strategic, but still... That was unsettling with me. Jared, we have a few seconds. What did you think about that? Did you notice that? I did. I I was kind of hoping just in general that Rubio would have... I was anticipating going after Cruz because that's kind of been the... I mean, they gone at each other. That's yeah. the last several debates has been the, the thing. But yeah, I was a little disappointed to see he didn't go after Trump more in general. And that was kind of... Those were the points he wanted. Yeah. I was, I was I'm sure it's that. a strategy right now, but I don't know that it's the right thing. Louder with Crowder. We'll be back with Chris Lieben. Then more debates after that. Now it's time for your dating advice minute with Bill Cosby. Now, see, this next letter comes to me from Russell. Out in Rowland, Texas, he says, Listen, I get the winter blues when it comes down between now and the only thing between the today and the sunshine is the Valentine's Day. But it's a hallmark holiday that's more for the woman than it is for the man, you see. Okay, Russell, I got to tell you, I used to think the way you do, but you can use Valentine's Day to get the love flame burning brightly again. What you got to do is use the hallmark holiday, get your woman, a hallmark card with the hearts in there, the labels, the little hearts, and the writer says, I love you, you'll still you'll be mine. Only one of the hearts is going to be some drugs. That's very important you listen to this next portion of the instructions you have to make or consume the drugs orally. So the next thing that's going to happen orally is This has been your Dating Advice Minute with Bill Cosby. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. Crowder. 
All right. We are so glad to bring on this next guest. Every now and then, you know, we have presidential candidates. We have crazy uh, transsexuals. But we get someone who... Neither neither of those. Neither of those. We get someone a fan of. I've been following him for years. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter at at The Crippler UFC. Fought for the UFC for a long time. His new book is out, The Crippler Cage Fighting in My Life on the Edge. Chris Lieben, thanks for being on, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, and it's not a guest most people would usually expect, right? It's generally more political, and I, I was listening to Chael's show. He's been on the show a, a bunch of times. He's kind of a recurring guest. Right. And I heard you say, ah, California, they're so liberal with their gun laws. And I thought, wait a second, wait a second. There's a guy who's, uh, <laughs> who's put some thought into this. Um, all right, so listen, before we get into that, you have this book. So you, okay, uh, yours, you seem like you're an open book. So if I cross any boundaries, just let me know. But you just did some time in the clink. Um, I did, if that's what you want to call it, yeah. Well, what, I don't know. What do you want me to call it? You want me to call it the slammer, the kini, boss? <laughs> vacation. <laughs> well, you gained some weight. I know Ta- that. Taxpayer vacation. Taxpayer yeah. vacation. Yes. Um, what's the story behind that for our listeners right off the bat, and then we'll get into everything else? Uh, unregistered assault rifles are not, not legal in California. <laughs> Okay, okay, hold on a second, though, because we do a lot of things on gun control. Now, as I understand it, this was your gun, this was your firearm, a legal firearm, and what constitutes assault rifle in California? That's what was so fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. There was no bullets and no clip or nothing with that firearm when they when they found it, so it got turned in. So. <laughs> it, were you a felon before that, not allowed to own No, no, no. Um, I have another gun that's registered in California, and then that one was fine, you know. Isn't it so. – not Gay Jared knows this better. Isn't it in California a, a capacity of five? I mean, it's an absurdly low. It's Yeah, it's absurdly low. I can't remember what it is. It's, I think if it's grandfathered you know, you in, have, you just can't load yeah, it past that point, as I understand it. Well, you can have those yeah, those pre-band clips or whatever, but um, also now every gun has to have a bullet button, you know, so where you eject your little five-round clip, you have to use the tip of a bullet to try to stick it in oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that way you can't win a fight against anybody. Right, yeah, somebody to cheer recover. Sweetie, where's the bullet button? <laughs> a head full of sleep at 3 a.m. with a guy in a, in a hoodie out in the end of your bed. Quick, quick. So, so retarded. So Get the gun lock. Uh, it's like Dr. Seuss laws. Oh, no, the gun lock's made in China. It broke. Well, I guess I'm getting raped. Oh, California. All right, sorry. So, so that, and then all, and then there was also you. You were breaking and entering, but when I read it, you were breaking and entering. My house. Yeah. No, okay. I know it's, it's crazy. You know, um, ex-wife's about to be a lawyer. Yeah. So, you know, she wrote this. B-S-T-R-O, um, and the only thing that they, that would stick was the fact that she turned in the firearm, which was which was registered to me. Okay. Um, and and she knew that that, that that that's what the DA would want, so they went after me about over the gun. Oh, so that's okay. all I you know, um, and uh, <laughs> and I lost. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say now. To be fair, you know, it was it was totally illegal. It would have been totally legal in, in Oregon and fine, you know, which yeah. is where I I had purchased it, um, and I I brought it down from Oregon, you know. Okay, I've, I've had several firearms up there, and then also in Hawaii, but um, I just brought this one down and hadn't had it registered. Well, to the viewer who's not familiar, obviously with mixed martial arts, the UFC. 
Um, they're going to say, well, this is a tattooed guy with an ear that looks like uh, an appetizer from Long John Silver's. He probably yeah. has a record. Um, what would you say to them? I mean, is this, do you, is this, do you think they were looking for you for, for or was just, what's this? I mean, there's got to be a little bit more, or is it just a really smart ex-wife lawyer? Really smart ex-wife <laughs> lawyer. Okay. It really is. It really is. I mean... Yeah, I'm not a bad guy. I'm not. I have no violent charges or, or no no assaults or anything like that. You know, um, just uh, mischief. You know, well, mischief. Yeah, one or two mischief charges possible. Yes. I mean, we but, are we are talking to the guy know, who uh, spritzed on a guy's bed on a uh, reality TV show. Yeah. So, um, but you know what's funny? Watching all that for a, for a long while. You know, I, f- I remember you when you were still the, the cat smasher before you went to Crippler. And um, the one thing that struck me, I think you've obviously grown up since then, since the show, was, yeah, you were a troublemaker. Um, but the reaction to you from the coaches, of, well, hold on, why are they reacting? Why are they so taunted of this guy? It seemed like you genuinely were apologetic when you screwed up and you had a good heart. And that was kind of the first example in a reality show where you were kind of the villain and then... It turned um, dramatically right. mid-season. Did you did you feel that when the UFC exploded? W- were most people on your side at that point, or were you still kind of playing heel? W- what was that like? I mean, you were there during you know, the, the big burst. It was kind of one or the other, really. I mean, I, I'd say 50-50, but it was either they love me or they hate me. One of the two, right. which I guess is the important thing. You know, um, but I, I probably get more, more than the, the comment I get most is, Wow, I thought you were just a dumb fighter, you know, or wow, I thought you were going to be an asshole. You know, those are the those are the basic uh, surprises that people get when they meet me. You know, they, they always assume the worst, you know, but you got to remember when when you're being followed around 24 hours a day for a week with cameras to make a 40 minute segment of TV. Right. They they can paint anybody however they want. Right. That's why they have directors on reality TV. Right. Now, I, so, you know, it's funny. I never got the sense you were you were a, uh, an unintelligent guy. And you know why? Because you and Nate Corey, this is one thing for me. I know it sounds silly, but a barometer for intelligence is someone who's able to pick up cultural references. And you were both referencing the jerk with Steve Martin, I think, on the show. You're talking about, that's all I need. And I was sitting there, it was right back and forth, and you caught it, and there were a few kind of references or historical that you got. And I'm going, if someone is watching this and they don't know what they're watching, they don't realize this is banter between two clever guys, regardless <laughs> of the right. tattoos. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't have as many then. No, you didn't. But that's, yeah. I will say that is indicative of perhaps not the best financial sense, because that's a car payment. But these, oh yeah, this, this I could have paid off a car easy for what, yeah. what these have run me. Just the back piece alone. I mean, you're going into Russian prison, Alexander Emelianenko herpes <laughs> territory. You know, it's it's hard work being cool. I mean, really, <laughs> <laughs> you got to pull out all the stops. Well, and then you get put in the clink. Okay, so that brings us to that yeah. absurd charge. Now, does that mean you cannot legally own a firearm? Now, was that did that count as a felony? Yeah, yeah, can't do it. So did you have to sell? Do they confiscate them? Do you have to sell them all off? Uh, yeah, they compensated it. Um, com- <laughs> compens- yeah, they took it. <laughs> <laughs> See, at least you didn't pull a Donald Trump where you just repeated it wrongly. You were like, I'm not going to talk myself into a corner. Let me use an, e- <laughs> an easier word. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> They're gone now. Um, it, that's one of those things I think is interesting as far as a macro political point. 
because when you're dealing with the law or the government, they can prosecute whoever they want and find anything they want. Now, I don't know all the details here. Maybe, to be fair, maybe you were wrong. Maybe you weren't. I, I can't make that judgment. But that should serve as a warning to a lot of people listening or watching that they can find something on you and, and take your rights away. And that's a big one. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, so, okay. So, Jared, well, not good, Jared, how much time do we have here in this first segment? Because I feel like... We got about five minutes. Okay, we got five minutes. Okay, good. We don't want to. We don't want to rush him. So, you were in jail. Now, when you get there, um, are they? Are, are a lot of them fans? Are they afraid of you, uh, or does it not matter because they're in gangs? What, what's that like for a professional fighter? Because a lot of people think the professional fighter is going to go in there. It's going to be easy. Well, you know, when I first first went in, they wanted to put me in. They were afraid that the other inmates would would want to try to test me, so they put me in solitary confinement. That lasted about four days, and I was like, "Get me out! Of here. I'll I'll take my risk." You know, because <laughs> I remember I was I was waiting to call my girlfriend, and you're only you're only allowed a half hour out a day, right out of your cell. And right before um, I'm about to get out of my cell, the guy before me decides to take a crap in his hand and throw it on the wall. And <laughs> so now they had to bring in people Not to clean really. up the crap on the wall. Yeah, I was so mad. So, so I missed my chance to get out and, and shower and use the phone and stuff. Um, and by then, I just had enough of sitting by myself. But hold on a second. Did this guy have a, a problem with you, or was it just kind of like Tuesday, so he did it? Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. That's it. There's no rhyme or reason. Um, <laughs> all right. And, and they did? They let you out in general, right? And then they put me, they put me in general. And really, I mean, it wasn't bad, you know. Um, it, it was pretty sad being in there because, you know, there's, you see so much mental, um, mental disease, you know, and then so many people are in there because, uh, you know, they're on probation because they're a drug addict and then they get caught doing drugs. So they get thrown back in jail. They lose their job. Right. You know, they end up stealing something. But the, the level of mental health that, that, you know, that I saw with people in there was, was just horrible. You know, um, Cal, we had one guy that they, they left locked in his cell. Uh, for for a month, he never came out to take a shower or nothing, and he was he was fighting a demon in the cell every day, screaming and fighting with this demon. And I tried to tell the guards, like, man, this guy needs to be in a crazy person house. He needs yeah. medication, and, you know. And apparently, the one guy that takes no medication in jail this is the guy fighting a demon. <laughs> and you know, and there's nothing they do about it. They just leave him in there. Really? Wow, that is fascinating. And you know. I think it brings up an interesting conversation because then you go to um, Sweden, you know, like Alexander Gustafsson, where people who commit incredibly heinous violent crimes live in an apartment that uh, a New Yorker in Manhattan would envy, you know, if they're spending $3,000 a month. So they're entirely about rehabilitation with no punishment. In the United States, it's it's almost entirely about punishment. Do you think there's a middle ground? Do you lean toward uh, at least these violent offenders being punished? Or do you think they should all have Xbox 360s and uh, Ikea <laughs> Case <laughs> Definitely, there's a middle ground, you know, and I, and I, I think, you know, for a violent offender, that's a, that's a, that's a whole other thing. We got to make sure, you know, positively sure that they are rehabilitated before we start giving them luxuries. Right. Um, but, you know, with a lot of these people that, you know, uh, have mental health issues, can't hold a job, you get caught stealing a candy bar and then get thrown back in jail because it's their 17th time doing it. There's something that we need to do for these people, you know, besides uh, just keep 
recycling them in the in the jail system you know and a lot of these people on drugs you know the, the edu- education rehabilitation is, is going to be the key there um obviously the the putting them in jail again and again and again is isn't working yeah but i guess the other question would be there there are obviously rehabilitation programs and job placement programs and, and the rate of people going back to that life is is so high i mean i would wager the guy fighting a demon it's probably not his first time through that turnstile <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, so at a certain point, you go, okay, eight times. When you just say, leave him in there. There's nothing we can do. I mean, that's that's the question, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but who? I mean, somebody that's somebody that's a drug addict. Who are they hurting but themselves, really? It's a good know, question. They're not if they're not a dealer. You know, they're not selling the stuff. You know, if 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 that's their their addiction, and until you until you deal with with that addiction, you're you're ne- they're never going to get better, and the the, the, the fear of jail isn't going to be what's going to fix them. It's going to have to be rehabilitation. That's the only way. And a lot of the guys were just sitting, waiting to get into some sort of a treatment program because there's just not enough. Right. Okay, well, listen, we have to go to a break here. I, I think it's a valid question. It changes when we're dealing with the, you know, moving towards a socialized healthcare system, like where I was with Canada, because then it's, well, who are you hurting? Well, the taxpayer, if you're going through nine or ten rehabilitation programs. Chris Lieben, his book is out. We'll have a link up at the website. If you're listening to Rest Really. Stay tuned. Louder with Chris. This is Louder with Crowder. Be sure to visit louderwithcrowder.com. Former governor of Minnesota and professional wrestler Jesse Ventura here, the bod. Before you hit rewind on your TiVo for the GOP debate and get caught up in the distractions that take you from the issues that really matter, your Uncle Jesse, the bod, wants to talk about central issues plaguing the country. Namely, that the moon landing was faked by Buzz Lightyear and all the toys in Assy's locker. Know the facts. This is Louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. We are back. The Crippler, Chris Lieben, his book, uh, Cage Fighting in My Life on the Edge, is out there. You know, I was looking for an audible uh, version because they're a sponsor to the show, but y- you don't have an audio book out on this, do you? Um, actually, I think it just, we just got done making it. You know, the book just came out, so. Um, and it's selling like crazy. Know, it's do good. It's it's selling really well. They then they wanted to do an audio book, and uh, so they they just got done doing it. I don't even know if it's available yet, but okay. it will be shortly. Okay, um, that's how I do all my reading. <laughs> I lay in bed and listen to books. That's well, it. Yeah, well, although your voice has definitely gotten more hoarse, so I is it would it be tough to get through a whole audio book? Uh, no, well, I don't know. I don't read them. I listen to them. I like to listen. Oh, but I mean, but your audio book is it you doing it? No, uh, no, it's like a professional radio, one of you guys with a radio voice. No, 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 you've made a horrible mistake. We are not professionals <laughs> here. <laughs> Have you seen how this interview's gone? Um... Oh well, that's a bummer. I you, I would I think actually it would have been better to have you do it because you've got more character to it. Yeah, you know, uh, it's just. Wouldn't have been my thing to sit down and read a whole book anyway. So I'm glad somebody else got it, did it. 
But yeah. it, it will be out and available shortly. Okay. So speaking of what you were talking about, about drugs, um, again, I don't want to overstep any bounds, but you've been pretty public about this. Have, have you, uh, are, are you, you clean now? How has that changed? Are you feeling good? I feel, I feel great. Yeah, I feel great. I'm a hundred percent clean, um, you know, and, and just sharper, better in the gym than I've ever been. Um, you know, for listeners that don't know, you know, I, I was on Oxycontin for 10 years dealing with, uh, you know, obviously it started with, started with pain and then it went, went sure. to other things. And then, um, you know, since then, you know, I, I, I went to rehab, I got on, um, a drug they call Suboxone, um, you know, and then I was doing the, you know, the AA and everything on the Suboxone, and uh, I would. Is that like? Else, uh, so I wasn't. Is that kind of like Subutex for heroin? Where it's like it's a, exactly what it is. Oh, same okay. Drug. Okay. Same thing. Same thing. So I, I, and you know, the doctors were giving me like sixteen milligrams of this stuff a day, and you know, then then I wasn't drinking or anything, so I would have told you I was sober, you know, but. Uh, um. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, I tried to quit it twice, and my life completely fell apart. Um, this third time, you know, everything's a blessing in disguise. Get getting thrown in the big house, or whatever you called it. Are we just going through uh, every fifties term for prison? We can the clink, the big house with the boys. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, w- I was able to, uh, you know, in preparation, I, I I cut my dosage down and down, and then. I, then when I went in the jail, um, they won't give it to you. In there. Right. So, so um, you know, you're kind of, you know, where where maybe my will broke before and things fell apart. You know, when when you, when you have when you're facing absolutely no choice, mm-hmm. which is the deal in jail. You know, you know it's gonna work. So I, I think that nothing could have got me off. It's a horrible drug. Um, it's terrible for you, and and it, and it you know. Are you talking about really oxy or the the uh, subutex? The suboxone, subutex. Okay. You know, it's far more addictive than the oxy. You know, and you know it's got some terrible health effects. But uh, you know, this is what they this is what they give you to get off. Right. So you know, six in one, half dozen in the other. Well, you know, I've I've speaking obviously without I've never really struggled with any kind of addiction issues. Um, but I did severely rupture a disc, and I've told the story on air. Um, to the point where, and they misread the MRI, so I actually couldn't walk. I couldn't even move my legs. Right. And so they were injecting me with all this stuff, and like, go home. And I was going like, I don't, wanna, I don't, wanna, I don't want to be a, a, a wussy with a capital P, but I can't move my legs. So you think they would have thought something when they had to put me in a wheelchair and call a friend to wheel me home, and I wasn't walking for a while. So they put me on Percocet, Valium, uh, Soma, and some. I think Ooh. I think uh, prednisone is like a steroid to bring down the inflammation. So I'm mean, yeah, that's a cocktail. And at this point, <laughs> I rarely took aspirin, you know. And um, oh man! So since I haven't really struggled with that, I just took the and I would take way too many because I was living alone and I would just forget, you know. So I'm like, oh, my back hurts. Time to take my pills. Thirty minutes later, oh, my back hurts. Time to take my pills. And uh, it was only two weeks, and I just ran out. And I just only two weeks. Thought, oh, well, the prescription's done. That's it. And I just felt like crap. I just took the pills, oh, the doctors, yeah. and uh, my doctor then in uh, New York, uh, in in Texas at the time, was over Christmas. Said, "Well, did you did you taper off of it?" And I said, "No, they just gave me these pills." And he said, "Well, what are you taking?" He looked at, he said, "You cannot be taking this dosage and just stop." He said, "If you're feeling," and all I felt was like kind of just groggy and nauseous. He said, "They're probably going through withdrawal." So then they gave me another half prescription, and I I tapered off, and it was it was never an issue. But I thought, wow, doctors told me to do this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, 
you know, they might, you know, a little, a little bit more education would be good there too, you know, as far as, you know, monitoring and, and you know, a, a, a pain management system. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I, I don't envy it. I mean, that's what happened, you know, with, with Rush Limbaugh. And I think his number was, he was taking like 120 pills a day. Remember seeing Yeah, the doctor. little blues or whatever he called them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was open about it, you know, and like Shell says, you got it, you got to come clean. Um, it's one of those things. It's not like, you know, heroin or a street drug or something where you have to, you have to go out and find it. This just comes to you if you have an injury. And, and I think that was one of, I think that was one of the issues with me. You know, it's wrapped up in a little, little pill and you think, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. And I am hurt. So, you know, right. You know, and, and, and that's kind of the, the sugar coating on it. Um, but you know, just as bad as the stuff on the street, if not worse, you know, yeah. a lot of these sy- synthetic opioids are, um, you know, they're, they're far worse on your body. Well, heroin was developed as a synthetic non-addictive alternative to morphine. Talk about <laughs> yeah. a screw-up. Yeah, <laughs> and Oxycontin was developed as a synthetic um, opiate that's non-addictive alternative to morphine, too. Yeah. So, How's that work? So, out? you know, they, every time they come out with a new drug, they say it's on, it's not addictive and it's it's the next great thing. And then what they do with drugs, they just, well, we'll put more Tylenol in it so people won't overdose because it'll just damage their, they won't want to overdose. You know, that's the thing they do a lot too. They go, mix it, <laughs> mix it with Tylenol so people won't want to overdose. They'll be afraid of it. And it doesn't, I'm going like, why, well, why don't you just, is that the logic? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just not give them the drug? How about we start with that? Um, all right. I think we have to go, we'll go to the web extended version. Yeah. Okay. We've got to get going in this break. Okay. So for people listening to Terrestrially, the crippler cage fighting in my life on the edge, we are going to have an extended version where no doubt Chris would horrify FCC sensors. So a lot of Crowder, <laughs> go check it out. Chris. All right. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Follow Stephen on Twitter at S. Crowder. Whoa, Jared, what are you doing? Shoot, bad guys. With what? My AR-15. Where'd you get it? AR-15.com. Oh, there's another one. You got him. Yeah. Thank God for AR15.com. They have AR15 and accessories for sale and the best advice there is on the web. Oh, no, there's another one. Kaboom. You got him. Yeah. With your what? AR15. From where? AR15.com. That's the best place to go, and that's the takeaway because this commercial's about to stop. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. Glad to be back. That was a great interview with the uh, the crippler Chris Lieben, uh, of course, producing with me in the second hour, as always, is Not Gay Jared. Follow him on Twitter and draw your own conclusions. I always appreciate, don't you, Jared, when you get a guy who's very candid? Yeah, I do. And I was I was surprised. I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't really familiar with who he was before. Right. But he kind of sucked me right into his personality and his story and is just... Yeah, he's a rough dude. You know, I don't care about MMA either. So no, no. It was always interesting hearing about the slammer. Hearing see. about the slammer. Yeah, he has a. Well, we've talked too more on. Um, I mean, people can find online there'll be an extended version about how they make wine in prison and all of this crazy stuff. So the prison life is pretty fascinating. And of course, we can get into uh, 
how it needs to be improved, which Rand Paul, a lot of people don't know this, Rand Paul bowed out of the debate. He didn't go to the little kids' table. He hosted his own conversation online, and it actually was trending right next to the GOP debate. Now, a lot of people have given me flack for not outright, well, people give me flack for not outright endorsing anybody, um, and Rand Paul, I did, I did call him toilet brush head. I did do that. In, in fairness, you did. In fairness. I heard that. I, I did. Think, I think it's on radio. I think it's on record. And, and in fairness, his head looks like a loofah. Um, but that is not to say that I don't that I dislike Rand Paul. As a matter of fact, out of the candidates, I, I, Rand Paul, and you know, by the way, just so everyone can everyone can hear you sniffing into the mic as you rub it's your SARS nose. Good lord, Jared. Um, with Rand Paul, he serves a real role. And it was a role that that definitely um, was missing last night in that he keeps fraudulent conservatives accountable. If you're a reality show host who's been a registered Democrat your whole life, he's going to call you on it. If you are out there championing, you know, uh, strict immigration policies and you supported amnesty, he's going to call you on it. If you're going out there and you're talking about being a fiscal conservative and you've consistently voted, he's going to call you on it. And even though he's not always right, that is a very important role. And, you know, Ron Paul served that purpose a little bit, too. He was just a little bit crazy. Rand Paul serves it, I think, more effectively. So um, a couple of things, a couple of things. So hold on one second here. Let me bring this up. It's been a bit, been a nutty morning. We're just rushing to try and get all of these clips from the debates. <clears throat> Sorry. And every time I talk about the the problem is it's not the volume. It's when the you start to talk, it like your throat starts to close up. And then you're not able to speak because it feels like there's like a latch that closes in the back of your throat. I don't know what it is. I think I'm dying. Answer my prayers is what that's good. I think I'm dying is what I think is happening. Um, So a couple of things. Then we'll get into some pretty big stories coming out of Europe with Syrian refugees and migrants. Uh, Donald Trump was right about the Syrian refugee situation maybe being a Trojan horse. I think we all agree about that. He didn't really offer a solution. I would love to hear a solution, but I do agree with him that he's right on that. Uh, One thing I thought was weird with Trump was going... Straight to the, uh, straight to the nine eleven deal. I mean, when uh, Cruz said New York values yeah, aren't kind of- conservative values, and everyone acted like they were offended. I, I don't think I don't think New York has gone red since eighty four. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, I can find that. I think um, no, I'm pretty sure the last time was eighty four. So I think that's just an easy. It's an easy kind of like sympathy. I don't want to say it's a sympathy card for New York, but it's kind of a easy Trump card for that's Trump what he did. to pull out. Well, I mean, it's, it was an irrelevant answer. It is irrelevant, but when you bring it out, you can't really challenge it either. Yeah, well, I'll, t- I'll take Cruz's kind of smiled and moved on. If you noticed, well, everyone just kind of sat there, and you know, because the response was, "Listen, New York values aren't really uh, America, aren't really conservative America's values." And Trump's answer might as well. How dare you? How dare you? And then went into you know nine eleven, and no, no one is belittling nine eleven at all. But um, by the way, at that time, Trump was still a registered Democrat, so a little bit different, you know. Kind of, kind of, kind of different. Yeah. I, so, if he wants to talk about nine eleven, he was a registered Democrat at that point. Um, Rubio and, and Cruz went after each other a lot. They brought up China and tariffs. Now, here's something that's interesting, and I actually really liked that. Uh, I thought Rubio's answer here was pretty, 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 pretty good. And the reason was everyone started talking about China and putting on tariffs. And Trump was, you know, listen, they're killing us at the China. We can't, 
we can't get our stuff there. They're bringing us stuff here. We want to put a, you know, the they alleged a number 45%, and then Trump said, no, I never said that. Then he talked about where the number came from, but didn't provide an alternative number and said he would put a tariff on, on China. I understand it. I understand that, that trade isn't necessarily fair when you're dealing with these countries, right? I understand that when our things, our products come into Japan, when they go into Europe, it's far more expensive, and they make it very difficult for us to compete, and then they get a free pass here. I understand that. But everyone was talking about putting a tariff on China. And Rubio spoke up. And he did say, listen, that's not a tariff on China. That's a cost passed on to the consumer. And this is something that conservatives agree upon everywhere else, right? That, well, if you, if you start taxing businesses at a higher rate, they're going to be charging more. If you start, you know, if gasoline tax, if you uh, transportation tax, your food is going to cost more. Your energy is going to cost more. Yet, there's a little bit of pandering here that happens. It bothers me with conservatives a lot. You know, you should be American by American. I ain't going to buy something that's been made in China. Well, that's silly. Firstly, you should be American by the best. Okay, so that's a great example. When it comes to cars, generally they're not American. By the way, American cars aren't American-made, okay? Well, you're talking about Mexico. You're talking about China for parts, okay? These are all globally produced. Now, I do understand that there's a problem with China. I do understand that they're able to undercut us because it's, you know, basically whenever you deal with communism and people have to work, you have an entire slave underclass. That's a problem. But Rubio talked about before we start going to just tariffs, how about opening up our economy for economic prosperity? And I think that was important. It shows the difference between a pure protectionist policy with someone like a Trump. Uh, and Reagan did this on motorcycles, too, a little bit, where what are we going to do? We're going to punish China so that we can compete. And Rubio said, how about we make it easier for Americans to compete? What does that include? That includes things like lowering the corporate tax rate. That includes things like providing incentives and breaks to companies that, that bring jobs onshore, Right. That is definitely a better course of action than a 45% tariff or a 20% tariff. Either way, for everyone out there right now who hates the made in China thing, right? You get that a lot. You're probably, you're probably listening to this on a radio that was made in China or in a car with parts that were made in China or on a computer where it was made in China. You're probably drinking from a cup right now that was made in China. Um, you're, you're, you're probably wearing clothes a huge, a huge portion of which were, were put together in China. Your shoes, your earring. A lot of what you do is, is made not just in China. Maybe Pakistan. Maybe Brazil. Your cloth might be from Turkey. <clears throat> the point is there's nothing wrong with a global economy, provided you're still able to have a robust economy, right, in, in, in your own country. That's what most, is most important. The most important thing is not shutting out other economies. Listen. If your unemployment rate, if the legitimate unemployment rate in the United States was 4 5%, if we were prosperous, if, if growth, year-over-year growth was fantastic, it wouldn't be an issue. We start talking about protectionism whenever we're in a downturn economy. The talk of punishing China comes up because Americans aren't doing so well. And so one of the solutions is let's punish other people who are gaining ground. So I thought that was smart of Rubio to do. I really did. And I understand that protectionism, there's a role to it. I understand. You, you want to protect your country. You want your country to do well. I get that. But I did think it was nice that someone spoke up and said, hey, 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 this almost sounds kind of liberal if all we're talking about are taxes and tariffs. There are a lot of things we can do to make the American economy <clears throat> More business friendly. Do you know? You know we have the highest uh, highest corporate tax in the industrialized world, right, Jerry? 
I do remember reading that. I think, well, we were, we were second next to Japan, and I think we passed Japan, or we're neck and neck with Japan. So either we're the highest or the second highest with Japan. And, and that's, that's, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing to have that high of a corporate tax rate. And um, anyways, I, I, you know, corporate tax, it's just, bo- it's just boring. It's just boring to talk about corporate tax rates. Let's move on to Muslim migrants. I don't know how much time we have. Um, we were talking about ISIS. We were talking about this uh, Trojan horse, right? Well, well, when it comes to ISIS, okay. Pardon my French, but you're an That's the only way to describe ISIS. And I, I don't know why we can't just kind of That's what they are. ISIS has been instructing. We have it up at lottowithcrider.com right now. They're instructing migrants to shave their beard, wear Christian crosses to blend in. This is coming from ISIS right now. So when people say, oh, they're trying to fear, they're trying to, to scare you, fear mongering. Well, let me ask you this. If you had, let's assume the numbers are correct. If you had a coffee, right? Someone gave you a coffee and said, hey, 90% of that coffee's fantastic. Well, you, what? Right? Right away, you go, well, hold on a second. What's, what's going on here? What, what's, what's the other 10%? Well, the other 10% is human, is human, human uh, excrement. Well, no, no. Would you still drink that coffee? If you went to Starbucks today and they all said, yeah, 90% of it's good. He said, what? Well, the other part is feces. Would you still drink that coffee? And we don't know the number with Syrian uh, refugees. We do have a hit list we're compiling at Lauder with Crowder. This is one thing that's very important. We're going to talk more about this after the break because there are a lot of stories from this week. Um, when Barack Obama and Democrats say there have never been any refugees who've committed acts of terrorism, it's a lie. Now, what they mean to say is there are no Syrian refugees in this current crisis, who have committed acts of terrorism yet. Syrian refugees from this batch yet. But Muslim migrants and refugees from other countries have committed plenty of acts of terrorism, rape, incestual abuse, domestic abuse, uh, and murder. Plenty, plenty. And we'll go through some of those after the break. So if, if you hear that and you want to be able to rebut it, we've got the hit list for you. Lada with Crowder. We'll be right back. on Lauder with Crowder, I'm Perry Matheson. News reports surface this week that ISIS has been specifically sending instructions to its members to pose as Christian migrants wearing crosses, shaving their beards, and generally blending in with the general populace. For those living in the countries that are accepting said refugees, we issue the following checklist to still try and delineate between real migrant Christians and ISIS. The first thing to look for is body odor. We'll continue with more breaking news on Lauder with Crowder. I'm Perry Mellow. Glad to be back. Hopefully, uh, not Gay Jared is somehow acting as though there's a show going on. There is. I'm just, uh, I'm still recovering from your morning wake up. 
We don't need to some talk extent. About that. We don't need to talk about. We that. don't need to talk about that on air. But uh, yeah, you're acting like there wasn't even a show. People are wondering where you are. What's happening with you? I'm here. I'm chilling. Doing. You obviously have a wonderful economy with words. I look forward to your next syllable with great eagerness. I know you do. I know you do. Gosh, you were just the worst. You were just the absolute worst. Um, by the way, obviously Bowie passed this week, so uh, that's sad. Bowie, we lost uh, Alan Rickman, too. Lost Alan Rickman, we lost Bowie, and then a little Amori Pitechi actually was one of my um, early jiu-jitsu coaches, one of the first world champions, and my dad got his blue belt under him. He was young and just passed away. He was in Brazil, so I assume either drugs or violence. Yeah, that happens down there. But, well, they have, they have 401ks for kidnapping yeah. in Brazil. Um, do I get the, do I get the, uh, the kidnapping IRA Roach? The IRA Roach account for the drug deal? So, um, yeah, I, I just marginalized an entire country of people. A lot of people talking about Islamophobia lately. We're just moving on from the debates. I always hate that. We have to talk about the debates and it gets so serious. Um, everyone's forgotten now about the State of the Union address. What a disaster that was. The thing about the State of the Union address that was the worst, just the worst, was Barack Obama went on. First off, he basically insulted anyone who's even remotely skeptical of the current climate change uh, propaganda as an idiot. Right. He did that. And then he talked about dealing with ISIS. And he said, uh, you know, it requires more than tough talk and uh, saying you're going to carpet bomb civilians. Aimed at Ted Cruz. So he basically accused his opposition of being evil, of being dumb and evil, wanting to carpet bomb civilians, right? And then at the end, he says, we need unity, a call to civility, to work together to make the country great. You just said that your political opposition was evil and wanted to carpet bomb civilians. Did I, did I miss something? Did I miss Something. Is, is there something? Is there some, something I'm missing? I don't think so. No? No. I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Did you, uh, I think you went to sleep. Did you catch Nikki Haley's speech after? I, I know there was a lot of controversy. There was a lot. Everyone was calling, to, you know, Ann Coulter was calling to deport Nikki Haley. Oh, I was so stupid. Blah, 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 blah. All this stupid outrage that happens. And you know what? The, 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 this outrage brigade only comes from two places, the left and Donald Trump supporters. And that's what I think really irks me about it is it's fine if you want to support Donald Trump, but you need to be willing to criticize him as well. It needs to be okay to do that. Nobody is perfect, right? Every single candidate I've criticized and praised, some more than others, Ted Cruz. I, I, on this show, I said it sounds a little bit like a Mr. Rogers impersonator. He comes across as prefab a little bit. Uh, Marco Rubio, eh, amnesty is a problem for him. Carly Fiorina comes across cold, has mismanaged her campaign. Jeb Bush sucks across the board. Uh, Rand Paul looks like a loofah. Joe Joe Kate Kasich I don't know who I don't know who that boy is I don't know who Joan Kasich is all of them everyone's like well I disagree with you or uh, you know you shouldn't say that Donald Trump supporters oh dare you why why Trump's not a what did he ever do to you why I can't I can't even I can't even it's the only group of people who do it. Feminists and Trump supporters. 
The biggest wimps on the planet. That's my problem. And everyone else is so afraid because they come together like this cackling chain gang. We're going to come after you with these pitchforks for not praising the Messiah that is Trump. Listen, he screwed up last night in a few things. I know no matter what his supporters will say, he was great. But genuine question. If you support Trump, have you criticized him when he's wrong? Tweet me at S. Crowder. If you're a Trump supporter, what criticisms have you leveled at Trump? Because you need to level them at everybody. And I have at every single person. And I've praised Trump. I've praised I like that Trump is, is destroying the walls of political correctness. Uh, a good example is I like that he's been talking about Islam, Islamic terrorism. Right now, we talk about Islamophobia a lot, right? That's the deal. Uh, let me ask you this, Gay Jared. Not Gay Jared. Not Gay Jared. Not Gay Jared. I appreciate that. But, you know, Islamophobia. Do you think that violence against Muslims was on the rise in 2015? Violence against Muslims? Yeah. Abroad or... or just period. Just period. I, I would say probably not. Okay. Would you say that violence against Christians is higher? Worldwide, I'd probably say yes, definitely. Yes. Yes. A lot. So, here's what we have. The 2015 World Watch List reported 4,344 Christians killed for faith-related reasons and over 1,000 churches attacked. Now, the 2016 list, which is the 2015, and you know, it's always a year behind, 7,100 Christians killed and 2,400 churches attacked. So double the churches attacked, over a 100% increase, and not quite double a 70-something percent increase in killing of Christians across the globe. So, Your Honor, wouldn't it stand to reason... That when we start telling everybody they can't talk about Muslims that are Islamophobic, that they get emboldened, and they start killing more Christians and Jews, wouldn't it stand to reason, Your Honor, dummies? Oh, all of a sudden, everyone's tolerant to Islam. Thank you for your tolerance. We're going to double our killing of Christians. It's always hilarious, too, because, you know, I mean, still, I, I think statistically... <laughs> You have to let it finish. Muhammad. Muhammad. Okay, go ahead with your point. You know, the, the, the hilarious thing, too. I shouldn't say hilarious. Except, okay, you can go now. I didn't want to be disrespectful. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, Muslims are screwed over super bad by other Muslims. Oh, yeah. Well, no. No? Yeah. They Listen, if you invite them in, if you, put it this way, if you vote Hamas in, you deserve to die. Well, yeah. As far as a, I'm concerned. You know, you should probably inspect your voting record at that yeah. point. We but, are going to vote for a terrorist organization. Okay, but hold on. Hold on. Stay with me. We think they're going to be good. We really think we're going to get it right this time. But what about their charter that stays killing all Jews? No, no, no. Listen, they're not perfect. But nobody is perfect. Politics is about compromise. Okay. Why are you surprised? All right, we'll be back uh, with our guest, liberal lunacy, anti-feminist. Stay tuned. This Week in Feminism. So when I came back from the tattoo parlor and my boyfriend didn't like my spacers or my nose, Piercing or my bowl cut? <laughs> no, dating someone else? The patriarchy.
And of course, we're back. We are dancing to happy songs. Glad to have my next guest. I reached out to her on the interwebs. I've seen some of her videos, and uh, I guess she's she's listened to the show. She's a fan of the show, or she's sandbagging because she hates us. But Shannon of Liberal Lunacy, you can uh, find her YouTube channel, Liberal Lunacy. Thanks for being on. Uh, hi. Thanks for having me. So yeah, we'll just just you know, it's a, this is a laid back show. You needn't be formal or even respect the host in any capacity. Not gay, Jerry. All right, I, I, I hate I you. So. <laughs> I was well, I was going to say. So now you said that you you don't really tune into the the debates or anything anymore. Uh, I, I've kind of had to leave politics behind for my own sanity for a little while. Okay, even though your your Twitter handle and everything is is liberal lunacy, but you've. You've I can't. I can't change it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you've definitely been fighting more so the kind of identity politics and feminism, and um, you've you've really taken on this sort of that was interesting to me this this um, ableist community. Uh, for people who don't know, that's like a new social justice warrior cause. And why yeah. have you talked about it so much? Um, I truly believe ableism doesn't exist. Um, I, I've well, for been, people who don't know, ableism is just like sexism, except against people with disabilities. Apparently, there are throngs right. of people just like, you handicap, and they beat like, them. Like roving gangs of people with porches, uh, torches and pitchforks. I hate the cripples. Yes. You know? uh, but no, I, I, I had, and oh gosh, people get so upset when I use that word. But um, I've actually been in a wheelchair uh, for my entire adult life. And um, I have met people who are jerks, sure. but I've never met anybody who hates me because I'm disabled, Yeah, you know? So I, I really, I mean, that's anecdotal, but I've never actually seen, even on, you know, the nastiest parts of the internet, people who legitimately are just like, I hate disabled people. Yeah, well, we do it behind your backs. That's the issue. When you're not around... It's like we have secret. We do. We have clubs. It's like the Rotary Club, except what we do is we burn a wheelchair in effigy. Oh, uh, and you do the secret handshake, but instead it's like, hey, you get up and you walk around the room or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like with, it's with our legs. Like, isn't this great? We can use all appendages, and they can't. <laughs> oh, s- oh, silly cripples! Silly cripples! <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, that's, that's a sick thing to do. It is sick to do. <laughs> uh, so you've talked about this a lot. Now you're a woman. And like you said, you're in a wheelchair, so I don't. I'm not going to say cripple. I think it's like the you can say it, and we can't say it. Um, I mean, I give you full permission, and I'm the emperor of all cripples. So you know. Well, I do with my friend who has. It's okay. He's missing fingers, and we call him. uh, We call him Nubsy. So we always talk about him nubbling around. And what's funny about him is he actually acts as a cameraman often when I'm on the road in Texas. And he's like Chip Douglas with remote control. I've never seen anyone who's more technical and quick at setting camera settings. And so a lot of the time, you know, we say disabled, but these people adapt around it and they're far more proficient in, you know, in certain aspects. Yeah. Obviously oh, not yeah. walking in your case, but, you know, other things. Right. Right. No. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're good at know. other things. <laughs> good at other things. <laughs> oh, you're, you're good at other things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you're you're getting better. Yeah, you'll be all right. No, uh, one of my one of my friends uh, who was in the military always, you know, uh, gives me the quote from Family Guy. You know, you could get a desk job. You could be a desk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is true. I mean, considering how much we rely on brain power now, um, how it's largely insignificant in the professional realm. It, it is now. Did you? Are you more upset by the idea? Because you've talked about this a lot. 
Are you more upset by the idea of people using this fake discrimination, transableism? Or, sorry, transableism. Well, that's, that's another thing, transableism. We'll get into it. Yeah. Um, are you more offended by the idea of people sort of piggybacking off of that politically than the actual discrimination? Um, you think it's more prevalent? I, I What really gets to me is people who have absolutely nothing wrong with them uh, making up things wrong with them, wanting, you know, sympathy and stuff. And you see it pretty prevalent on the internet, you know, like, oh, I self-diagnosed myself with PTSD last week. Right. You know, and so... Asperger's is a big one. Asperger's is a big one. It's and like, no, you're it, just an ass. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, that, that gets to me because it's like, you know, people, people talk about uh, cultural appropriation, you know, I call it cripple appropriation, <laughs> you know, stop appropriating my cripple culture. Well, so, does it bother you when really fat people get the uh, handicap pass in their car? Oh yeah, yeah. That that I mean, I don't even want the stupid thing. You know, I really? figure I'm not walking. Yeah, I'm not walking up to the store. What? You know, I'm, oh, you're I'm not walking my way. Yeah, I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah, so but I you have, have to get out. It's a process. I mean, none of yeah. us will contest. Oh. You should have yeah. that. Well, no, I'm all for like the wider. You know, the wider parking space so you can get out. But it's like right. I don't. It, it doesn't make that big a difference to me either way. What really so. bothers me is right next to you now is those uh, those electric charging uh, spots. And then they have, like, expecting mother spots. There's, there's like, eight yeah. different varieties of spots for, I guess, sort of marginalized classes of people. And they're never full. And they're ne there's no one there. Do you really yeah. think we need as many handicapped parking spaces as we have? Because I've never seen them full. There's, like, 20 at uh, the grocery store. Uh, they're, they're usually full. Uh, where I am, but then again, you get a lot of uh, people who are just bad. So. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't count. That's the problem. It seems you like know. a scam to me to get more of them. Um, no, no, I, I'm, I'm for the you know old joke. You know that they should have the parking space at the other end of the parking lot and make them walk to the door. Yes. Well, then you have a lot of heart attacks. You just have to step over. Oh, I know. They're like they're like stretchers just, just lined up. <laughs> Yeah, well, then it's you know, and that'll be fun. Except it's a it's a problem now because of socialized healthcare and really spectacular. Spared no expense. Well, it's not spectacular. It actually, <laughs> there's been a lot of expenses. Um, lots of expenses. <laughs> lots of expenses. Okay, so I guess what what is it? How do you think people should treat uh, those with with disabilities or just? I don't um, know. I I would say treat them you know, how you would feel you would want to be treated if you were in that situation. Like a lot of the, a lot of something I get is, uh, you know, I'm lower down than most people. Yes. You know, I mean, I'm already short. I'm four nine. So <laughs> I'm already tiny. You sh you know, you can and, get that midget money for college. You know what? There are grants. I know, right? I thought about it. Uh, no, I actually opted out of college. So, okay. um, and high school. I, I just, you know, no. Um, did you did but, you do your GED or something at home or? Uh, I haven't yet, okay. but I I plan on it. I just uh, I'm not so good at taking tests. Well, I'm good at it, but I'm I I have a phobia. Okay. Um, but the way I look at it, you know, like I'm really low to the ground, and something I get a lot is people patting me on the head and trying to touch my head, and it's like, okay, I'm not a child, I'm an adult, you know, and just why you wear would people pat your stuff. head? Because I'm low to the ground, and they're like, oh, you're so cute, kind of crap. Do you, well, do you think they mean to just, like, put their arm on your shoulder, and it just misses, and they're like, well, this is happening now. 
So no, gonna go no, I, I've had friends legitimately just like put their arm up on my head and just leave it there. And I'm fine with that. But it's people who are like kind of condescending, you know, like, oh, it's like, right, right, no, right, right, don't right. do that. I will break your fingers. Yeah, well, <laughs> that makes sense. Well, yeah, your arms still work perfectly well. You can break fingers. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I would. I, I'm I, engine I, part time. I would encourage it. So why did you feel the need to really come out that not only feminism, do you think because maybe it's a lot of people see you or paint you as a victim or want to pander to you and put you in a box, do you think that not only with people who cripple or disabled community do you think just people are, are there's a backlash against that period right now where people are going hey i'm an individual have, have you felt that trend um i haven't so much um but what what really got me you know going on this was um what what i have uh, i have a neuromuscular disease it's called charcot marie tooth um and it used to be classified as a muscular dystrophy mm-hmm and so every year when they would do the MDA telethon, uh, the Jerry Lewis, you know, Jerry's kids and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they would trot out the the kids, right? Yeah. And I would see... Donald Trump just people, trotted out the kids to sing his song, too. So it, it works. Trotting out the kids works. It, it does. You know, it, it's good for getting the victim bucks and stuff. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, they would trot out the kids and everything. And I would see people who are legitimately older than me. You know, I was... 13, 14 at the time, you know, kids that were 17, 18. And you could tell, like, their parents were still dressing them and all that kind of stuff. And not just physically helping them, but, you know, dressing them like you right. will wear this. And it was at that point I decided I'm going to live my life, not my disease. Huh. And so I, I tried to spread that, you know, that, you know, yeah, I, I'm a cripple, but I'm also other things. Right. And I don't let that define me. As a well, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good. It's insightful, but I don't think will appeal to people who don't actually even have any kind of a disease because they're looking for one, like you said. Oh um, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, there are people who are looking for any reason to get. I mean, that midget money. You, I guarantee you, you're going to have some guys. We're going to get a few spinal f- uh, fusion surgeries to get below that five foot mark. I had a spinal fusion surgery. So you know, you shrink a little bit. Oh, I, I went up to 5'2 and then shrank back down. You went with, so, the, with the spinal fusion? You went up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Well, usually you would go down if you're uh, getting rid of it, if you're fusing them. Well, I um, I have uh, scoliosis and kyphosis. So oh, so they fixed that? So my spine was bent and then they straightened it and then it bent back down. You were just a walking grant machine if you wanted it. <laughs> I'm not a walking anything. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a rolling ah. grant machine. Oh no! You walked right into that one. One calls the ACLU. <laughs> walk into it. Lawsuits. Jeez. Now I feel terrible. Oh, uh, don't, don't. I I love crippled jokes. Well, we use, one of my good friends is Zach Anner, who you may or may not know, but he has um cerebral palsy. He won the Oprah contest and he had a reality show, and we did a yep. prank video, which he thought was he is you know he has really bad cerebral palsy. But what he did is he put me in a wheelchair, in an electric wheelchair, in his wheelchair. And he was asking them, you know, now which one do you think legitimately needs the wheelchair? And everyone would always say him. He'd be like, ha, no, this guy dove into a shallow pool. And then he would, like, hit my button to send me flinging off the wheelchair. And people were picking me up. And they were berating him, like, dude, that's really not cool. You shouldn't do that. Because they thought he wasn't disabled. And it was just a social experiment that we did. 
And uh, <laughs> so funny. He, well, I mean, he just he loved doing it, and he doesn't get by on being the cerebral palsy comic. He's just genuinely funny. Oh um, yeah, no, I I think yeah, I think I've seen some of his stuff, and he's just like. He's really funny. <laughs> he's really funny, and he hated. Yeah. There was this other comic who won last comic standing, Josh Blue, who I think is funny. But I remember mm -hmm. Zach was there, and he's like, Josh Blue has cerebral palsy. Zach has it more severely, and his whole stand-up act was about cerebral palsy. And Zach yeah. was getting irritated. I remember he goes, "All right, you got cerebral palsy. What else do you got?" Like he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> he was so annoyed with it. Um, yeah, I totally get that. Well, <laughs> I do. Uh, all right. Well, let's, we have to go uh, back to a break. We'll have you back on some other time. We appreciate you coming in. So where is the best place where people can find you? Because I think you have an interesting voice and people would do well to hear it. Uh, yeah, uh, I have my YouTube channel, uh, which is youtube.com slash liberal lunacy, or they can find me on Twitter at liberal underscore lunacy. There you go. And she can't change the handle. She's not super political, but she is more cultural. <laughs> I I am super political. I just, you know, yeah. I'm taking a break. Well, Shannon, liberal lunacy. She might be. Uh, she might be rolling through your channel. See what I did there? Rolling through <laughs> your channel. And uh, how I roll. This is how you roll. You need to get a T-shirt. It would sell like hotcakes. Shannon, thank you so much for coming on. We'll have you back. Thank you. And we will be back with more Lotter with Crutters. Stay tuned. Welcome to Cool News, news with a super cool approach. I am your host, Phil Cool. This week, at the President's last State of the Union address, Barack Obama promised to take fully automatic weapons off the market for a... Hey, people, this got to be the wrong, the wrong copy. Fully automatic is already really, really hard to find, man. I think you meant to... Right, semi-automatic. No. Hey, the president ain't going to tell no people we got to get rid of semi-fully automatics when we already got rid of fully automatics. Yeah. No, hey, man, the president, he ain't stupid. Yeah. Hey, P-Ray, I can tolerate a lot of your, lot of your business, man, but I don't want to hear no bit about our president being stupid, okay? You ain't telling me. You telling me you think our president's stupid. Glad to be back. Nice little guest. We're coming back here with a story. What? No, no I'm pulling the mic up to myself. Well, don't pull it up so close because then it's popping when you put it up to the mic. I was doing a perfectly this is fine. awful. You just you, you ruined every. You're just the worst. So, in France, Jews, France. Jews have been kindly requested. What do you think they've been kindly requested to do? I don't know. They've probably been kindly requested to be a little less Jewy. Perhaps. Did you actually read? Did you just read my mind? Uh, well, you know, 
That's right. He can be taught. Ah, you are I catching on. Yeah, French Jews have been asked to dress less Jewish. But I was going to use the word Jewy as Jewy. well. I find it yeah. funny. Uh, why? Take a guess. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I want to give you a hint, okay? Allah. Can you guess? Wait for it. Wait for it. Yeah. Uh, probably because Muhammad was followers. Well, okay. but I, I correct. They're probably named Muhammad, though. I mean, I was probably mostly yeah. right. Anyways. I wouldn't say. Or I need to correct myself. You, you're not the worst. Muhammad is the worst. You are the second worst. A tight second. So, this comes to us as a report. The head of Marseille's Israelite consistory. Show you the head of Marseille. Is urging Jewish men to forego wearing skull caps after a particularly vicious anti-Semitic attack on a school teacher. Zivamar, life is more sacred than anything else. We are now forced to hide a little bit. So they are officially asking Jews to dress less Jewish. By the way, not so funny, um, but kind of a big deal. In Norway, a three-year-old boy was raped by Syrian migrants. Gang. Of Syrian, of asylum seekers, sorry. Asylum seekers is the term they use. Now, here's what's so important. So here, let's combine this, right? Let's kind of look at the overarching point. Jews dress less Jewy. This happened right outside of a center where asylum seekers were. Three-year-old boy raped, okay? Put that into context for a second if you know a three-year-old boy. Um, it was happening because they were having lessons on introducing these Islamic asylum seekers and refugees to Western sexual norms. I'm pretty sure included in there was probably not to rape three-year-old boys. I would hope that's part of the curriculum. Program, yeah. At the very least, an unspoken rule. But, I would, but it seems now they need to include it. So, when, regardless of terrorism, <clears throat> regardless of, you know, Muhammad who killed and, and, and called for deaths of Christians and Jews and was a horrible, horrible person, um, when you have the moderate Muslims coming in, when places in Europe, they're saying, we're going to open the doors, right? But... They do have to say things like, okay, listen, don't dress so Jewy. Women, don't wear skirts, okay? Cover up because he's got, because listen, these people come from different countries. They can't control themselves and they have to give classes. Listen, rape's kind of not cool where we are, okay? Incest, not really cool. By the way, almost half of relationships in the Arab world are incestuous in some way. So it's, this is not a small minority. I've talked about this before. Listen, radical Islam is bad. Absolutely, it's terrible. But can we all agree that moderate Islam really sucks as well? Nowhere else, right Right now, if we had immigrants from anywhere else, nowhere else would we go, oh my gosh, the Buddhists are coming in. Oh, oh, oh the planet Xenu uh, just offloaded a bunch of Scientologists. Okay, well, let's bring them in, but we need to teach them the do not rape courses. The part of the curriculum for the Buddhists and the Scientologists is it's, it's, it's pivotal we make sure they don't rape little boys. Nowhere else. Now, I'm not talking about an individual person. It's enough of a problem that these governments are preemptively coaching their people on how to accommodate these refugees, these migrants. Um, listen, listen, I know this is going to be tough for some of you to absorb, but these people are coming, okay? They're great people. We're a multiculturalist society. All right. But they'll probably stand on your toilets and rape your children. Yes. They'll probably do some really weird stuff. Now, let's go. Let's. There's a sliding scale. All of you for sure are going to deal with people who don't use toilet paper. They don't. They use their right hand. So if you shake their hand, 
Picture it as squeezing the Charmin, okay? Just picture it as squeezing the Charmin. Now, moving down that scale, if you marry any of these refugees, women, they will beat the hell out of you, okay? Just as a warning, but that's their culture. Now. It's very beautiful. (laughs) It's an ancient ancient culture. Now, moving on down the trail. Do we have any three-year-old boys here? Do we have any three-year-old boys? Okay. Oh, there's one. Okay. Very important that you... uh, know what rape is because it's probably going to happen. This is what happened. The fact that they have to teach, it's not that some people have done it. It's that they have to teach courses. Imagine if you right now went down to your local YMCA and you sign up for your courses. Oh, I've got basket weaving. Oh, I've got, uh, I've got judo. Oh yeah, I can take, I can take home ec and, and baking at the local YMCA. Oh, oh, well here, here's a class for Muslims on how not to rape. Let me fill that out in my YMCA card. It's $40 a quarter. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. I signed this up now. I'm on the no-fly list. <laughs> How'd that happen? How did that happen? That escalated quickly. No, you would never make it on a no-fly no. list. Only if you criticize Barack Obama. Oh, that's how it works. Well, that's another thing in his town hall this, this week we were talking about. This is another just sleight of hand that so many people don't realize with the town hall. When Barack Obama says, you know, now you have people who can get semi-automatic weapons who can't even, be, can't even fly in a plane. The no-fly list... Okay, there are people, they've come up, people who are just reporters, people who have been critical, people who have been, you know, what you might see as even just sort of extreme libertarians have been on the no-fly list. The no-fly list doesn't mean someone's a terrorist, is necessarily even a suspected terrorist, has committed any crime, or there's any statistical uh, observable relation between their life and the ability to commit crime. It's whoever wants to put you on the no-fly list. So you can be on the no-fly list... And have a perfect credit score, have never committed a crime with no intention of committing a crime. It happens all the time. It's not a it's not a right to fly either. I think they're just looking for new things attached to the word loophole too. Yeah, loophole. The no fly list. Listen, we talk we need licenses for car. A car is not a right, as outlined in the Constitution. A firearm is, shall not be infringed. It's really pretty clear. And uh, we have to go to a break, but you know what? Sarah Silverman tweeted out the Again, long debunked myth about the founding fathers and muskets and the Second Amendment. We need to correct some myths after the debates from last night because the leftists are absolutely coming out in droves with misinformation. Louder with Crowder. Don't change that dial or we'll harm you. Lyle, didn't see you there. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just relaxing and enjoying my 1978 ball dough, a fine beverage after a fine game of racquetball at the Wimbledon. There's no more quality establishment than the Wimbledon, you know. That sounds fun. I don't really know a whole lot about wine. That's why I go to simplifiedwine.com. Or I just call their number. What's that number, Jared? 844-297-WINE. Oh, where'd he come from? His voice aggravates me. I have him chained to a caravan. For simpletons like me who don't know a whole lot about wine, just what I like, it makes it easy. I either get to call, go to the website, talk with a sommelier, list what I like, what I don't like, my budget, and can have it shipped directly to my door, or gift wrapped and sent to a friend. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Simplified wine, you say? I prefer more of a barrier to entry. <laughs> I know you do, Lyle, but you're an elitist bastard. That's why for simpletons like me, I prefer simplifiedwine.com or just calling 844-297-WINE. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. 
Glad to be back. Third hour, final hour of the program. The one thing we producing with me always is not gay Jared. You can follow him at not gay Jared. Draw your own conclusions. Hey, one thing before we go into anything. Uh, Facebook last night, they've done this a couple of times. We're building up something here that's, that's pretty big. We've uncovered some problems with Facebook, uh, but they did remove some posts, pro-gun posts. Uh, posts excuse, uh, exposing the truth on Islamic immigrants. We're not conspiracy theorists. We don't say that Facebook, they have the right to censor whatever they want. They're a private business. The problem is they've accepted funding to promote content and then shut down that content from conservatives. And you can't do that. So we want to make sure I know a lot of you listening are on the Facebook page. But if you're not following on Twitter or join the mailing list, it's free. We only send out two at most three emails a week with the latest content in the show, the podcast. Uh, please do just support the show by staying in touch and signing up somewhere else other than Facebook, even bookmarking the site, because they are looking to shut conservatives down as we head into election. You know this, Jared. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the way, you know, even Mark has come out and talked about Germany and kind of protecting the migrant thing with yeah. uh, with with Burkle, what's her face? And uh, it's a mess. It's it's one. It's just one There's, of the, it's not even trying to trying anymore really to no. hide it. The bias. It's one of the biggest ironies, right? They we want to make sure that we don't that we don't let anything critical of the migrants show up. But then they talk about rape culture in the United States. Uh, political correctness has blood on its hands, and it has rape all over its hands. As far as the the Syrian immigrant, the Muslim migrant refugee, if they want to talk about rape culture. Did you see the video of the screaming of that, um, that uh, gosh, I want to say she was, she was German or Polish reporter being dragged off? No, I can't watch it. I, well, it was just a clip. Uh, someone had put it online, and uh, it was on Twitter. So just a clip on Twitter where it was a 20-second clip. She was just pulled off by uh, throngs of people and molested and, and raped. And just the screams are just blood-curdling, and no one does anything. What's crazy is that would never, it never happens in a place like the United States. In a public picture in Grand Central Station, that's what this is. In Grand Central Station, right? Picture in Times Square, a gang of 20 people dragging a woman off, tearing off her clothes, tearing off their clothes, and no one doing anything, including the cops. This is the norm. Uh, we did that documentary about that in, um, you know, in Afghanistan where that happened. That woman was stoned to death as well publicly. Mm -hmm. And all the imams across the Middle East said, yep, because it was, it was, uh, it was alleged that she had burned a Quran or she had defaced a Quran. And the only reason it became a national story, this happens all the time, is because it turns out she hadn't, that she was a devout Muslim. So that's when the imams reversed and they did an about face, said, oh, we were kind of wrong about that. But if she did do it, she should have been raped and killed. Okay, there's no, can we all agree? Oh, yes, 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 we can all agree. But because she didn't, we, we kind of screwed up, you know. But what's one in the face of, I mean, it's important. So, I mean, that's what happens. Allah. I mean, we have to wait for this every time. Hold on. So this is a real problem. And so when we see Facebook, they have the right to do it, but they, they really are causing irreparable damage to planet Earth. There is no greater evil in our time than Islam. I've talked about this. People go, are you going to compare it to Nazis? Yes. Yes, I am. Islam is, if you look at Islamic regimes across the world, if they had the power and the ability, they don't because Islamic countries don't tend to advance scientifically or mathematically or educationally. They're, they tend to be very regressive societies. So there, there's that. They live in huts. They're in the Stone Age. So that's great. But if they had the capabilities 
of the Nazis. They would be every bit as bad. If Iran could wipe out the Jews, they would. If Hamas could wipe out all Jews, they would. If any of these other Muslims had the opportunity and support to wipe out, they would do it. They would do it. The difference between Nazis and Islam is uh, melanin in the skin and some buzz cuts. The Nazis, you know what? Not a big fan. Their haircuts, though. They were sharp. Yeah. It's all you need a little short, little chubby, chubby guy with a little bit of, little bit of drive and a funny mustache. Funny mustache. That's all that happened. Well, Charlie Chaplin going on. I'm telling you though, I, 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 people, is that is that hyperbole? No, it's not. It is not hyperbole at all. Islam is an evil, evil ideology, and we are seeing it right now. We're going to be compiling a hit list of hundreds of crimes. When Barack Obama tells you there haven't been any terrorist attacks from any refugees. In the United States. Okay. No terrorist attacks from Syrian refugees in the United States. Ah. Any terror attacks from Syrian refugees in other countries? Yes. Uh, any rapes, murders from Syrian refugees? Yes. Any kinds of rape, murders, crimes, terrorism from refugees or Muslim migrants who aren't from Syria in this current troop? Absolutely. So... Technically, he can make that small claim, but he's being wildly disingenuous. And I, it is one of those things that I don't believe Barack Obama's a Muslim. I believe he's whatever is politically expedient. He'd be a horrible Muslim, right? But, but when people say they do think that he's a Muslim, he's favoring them, I understand where it comes from. Because it's more simple to think it's a conspiracy. It's not, it's not a conspiracy. The guy is just an immoral man. But when you think about that, when we're going to talk about when, when Hillary Clinton gives an interview to Lena Dunham and they're talking about rape culture <laughs> and it's Hillary Clinton, it's Hillary Clinton. Then again, it's also Lena Dunham. Fat, drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Did you hear my cough? That was, that was me contracting gout. That was you contracting <laughs> the irony, so, the irony rich. so rich. I mean, think about it. Lena Dunham claims to be raped and it was false. Everyone deserves to be heard. She was heard and it was false. She refused to substantiate it. And the guy who she accused came out and said no. And so she backed it all up. She, she backtracked all of it. Now, I get Hillary Clinton, get the voices to the unheard women. The voices to the unheard. If, if, okay, Bill Clinton, at the very least, at the very least, we know without a doubt, is a serial philanderer who lied under oath. We know, there's no denying, it's not alleged, he's cheated on his wife many times, verified, lied under oath, and then admitted about it, and did so with people who were subordinates, right? So if we're going to talk about rape culture, you know, if saying, hey, hey, that's a really, that's a beautiful dress, Sandra, at the office, if that's considered sexism, if that's considered uh, a rape culture, Get on your knees and tell me you love me. Should definitely be considered rape <laughs> culture, right? So at the very least, we know Bill Clinton has perpetuated rape culture more than anyone Lena Dunham knows. That's how, that's how Hillary became uh, an expert. You yeah, know. Yes, on yeah, rape they, culture. They literally wrote the book on it. So at the very least, there's that. None of that is alleged. It's important for people to understand that. None of that is alleged. Now, there are dozens of allegations of flat-out rape, sexual assault, and unwanted sexual advances. And the unwanted sexual... So when you say, okay, these are verified, the serial philandering with subordinates, lying under oath, and the unwanted sexual advances, he just basically dropped his pants, oh, I thought it would work. Which part of me has to... Like, that's bold. That's the guy who really thinks, I mean, this all I need to do is show the goods. And they are going to want a piece of that. So I admire his confidence. All of that is verified. 
So, do we know for sure that he raped the many women who claim they were raped? No. But if a quarter of the women who claim that they were raped or sexually harassed by Bill Clinton are telling the truth, just a quarter of them, that's a man who should be locked away for life. If an eighth of them. If an eighth of them. What was the list we had up? Oh, gosh. We only had the forever. verified list, but there were also like seven complaints with the Arkansas. It's like a Hollywood credit roll. He's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what's this? The key grip? <laughs> Makeup assistant supervisor. We're really getting down the list. And all of these people have been raped? Wow. Oh, a lot. Gosh. And so when we talk about rape culture, right, and we're not talking about the fact that in Europe they have to have introductory classes on how not to rape with Muslims. And and feminists accuse people of us like of bigotry, right? That's the argument right now. If you talk about Islam, it's bigotry. We are watching the left implode culturally. Politically, probably not, because it's really easy to sell people the Bernie Sanders thing that we're just going to. By the way, with Bernie Sanders, who's also a social justice leftist, you realize what he's saying, right? He's saying, I'm going to take your money by force. All of it, 90%. Let's talk about what Bernie Sanders is saying here. He is saying, and now it's gone down, the rumors are when he proposes his plan, any uh, of the top 10%. He's the top single digit of the top 1%. Well, 10% is any joint household income that's 150000 or more. Six, uh, over a 60% tax rate. He said he wouldn't be opposed to a 90% tax rate for the top 1%. But of course, that, that percentage always ends up increasing when they give him the math numbers. Um, that's what he's saying. I am going to take your money, period, by force. That's what the government does, is takes your money by force. And one thing about Bernie Sanders, and we're going to do a video on this, he's the biggest fascist in the race. Because I, I, I have quotes here where he said, he was talking with someone from Denmark, and the person said, the person told me that it was very hard to be rich, but also very hard to be very poor. And that made sense to me. So you want, corporate, you want influences out of politics, except for the mediocre. The successful shouldn't have influence in politics. You can't be really poor. You can't be really rich. You have to be right in the middle. And if you become better, well, we're going to put you right back in the middle. A $15, if people work 40 hours a week, they deserve a $15 minimum wage. Well, that's funny. I believe that if you work 40 hours a week, you deserve to be paid exactly the value of the services you add. But what does that do? The really stellar middle management who deserves $25 an hour isn't going to get it. He's going to get $15 an hour. Why? Because a kid who can't put a stick of cheese on a filet of fish is getting $15 an hour. So they're all right there in the middle. His policies. Now, fascism, by definition, is a regimented political, economic, or ideological system. You can't get more fascist than, by law, guaranteeing everyone is mediocre. Bernie Sanders is a mediocre fascist. We'll be back with Courtney Scoffs after this. I'm Perry Matheson. Reports have surfaced this year in the annual census of Western Europe that Sweden and Germany have seen rape rates skyrocket by 1,400% over the last year, which correlates with the influx of Islamic migrants. So we're issuing this public safety warning in that if you have already found yourself to be raped, <laughs> 
It was very likely an ISIS Islamic migrant. We'll keep you abreast on Louder with Carter. I'm Barry Melton. And we are so glad to, hey, not good, Jared, get the tweet out with the Courtney, uh, Courtney Twitter we'll do. card. Uh, because I have to bring her on. She works at Louder with Crowder. And, um, you know, she, she comes on here pretty often and she keeps us accountable. So you know who it is when you hear this sound. That means that it is Courtney Kirchhoff. You can follow her. We haven't figured out her Twitter handle yet, but at Courtney Scoffs, because she scoffs. That's me. appropriate because I laugh at you guys. You do laugh with at indignation. Us. You with do indignation. And you were on Pacific, so we appreciate you getting up so early. And you were. We were all live tweeting the debates. So in our pajamas. Were you in your pajamas? Yes. Okay, so Absolutely. was I. You know what bothers me about pajamas? So I work, Jared knows this, I wear, I wear these classic pajamas that are button-down pajamas. Oh, like Dick Van Dyke over there. Yeah, but they're hard to find. They're really hard to find. Everything is just, is just sweatpants with a T-shirt. So when I go into the store, I say, hey, do you have any classic pajamas? They go, no, we don't have those. They go, well, we have them for women because they're really common for women, the button-down pajamas. I go, oh, well, what do you call them? Well, for the women, they, we call them men's-style pajamas. So I can't. They don't, have them for men. they don't have them for men at all. So it's kind of like Shania Twain. I feel like a woman would always really bother me. Men's shirts, short skirts. Well, what, why is a men? Why are men's shirts making you feel like a woman? It's problematic for me, Courtney. Um, I I apologize for the fashion industry. I'm sorry. Okay, is that what you wear? You men's could go style? in. No, but you you know if you want to go in and be a little tranny, maybe you could ask for a man's style negligee. Use that hate word on this program can you even tranny stop it you're not a mechanic <laughs> not mechanic privilege you know you don't have mechanic privilege how dare you that's true the I, nerve I know anything about a car i know that it goes the nerve okay so the debates last night you're pretty good with who, who did you think the biggest winners and losers were courtney i think ted cruz did really well uh Marco Rubio knew he was doing really well and was getting a little bit desperate and then managed to lay one on Ted Cruz towards the end of the debate by dumping the, as Ted Cruz aptly called it, the oppo research. Yeah. So he just did everything he could to just, hey, I'm going to hit you because we both know we're the conservative candidates on this stage and tried to take Cruz out. I don't think he succeeded, no. but he certainly tried. Yeah, he and did. I, I give him kudos for that. It's a debate. They're, they're supposed to be trying to knock each other out. But why do you think he didn't go after Trump? Do you think now he wants to sort of see Trump and Cruz uh, damage each other and then uh, sort of draft in behind? Well, I didn't. When, the, when Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz were battling out on screen, I've heard that we didn't see it, but Trump was smiling to himself because this, he knew that they were kneecapping each other. Right. Um. You've, they are both. They all want to be number one. Trump's number one right now. Um, they're all going for not, second not place. in the primary stage. I don't think Rubio's really developed a battle plan for Trump yet. Because I mean, think about it. He's always gone after Cruz. It's always been the head to head. I think I don't know if he's really thought of a strategy. He, he hasn't really gone after him at all that I've seen 
off debate stage. Yeah. He might be trying to grab Cruz's slot first and then then grab the first slot. Or he might be angling for just VP. Who knows? He might be waiting for Cruz to take out Trump because last night was the first time that anyone tried to take out Trump. Well, Fiorina did. Fiorina did. And she did a good job before. What happened was just she her campaign horribly mismanaged her. I... It actually kind of saddens me because she was killing it and having a nice, steady, healthy rise in the polls because she was the outsider. She apparently did well. I didn't see it. She was last night's debate, too, the undercard. Well, she's never had a debate where she wasn't arguably the winner. No, she's great debating. But something because she was making headlines. She was she was going out on, on TV shows and just killing it. And people were standing up and applauding. And then it just stopped. There's a, there's talk. There's talk of uh, Nikki Haley maybe grabbing the VP position, maybe kind of trying to get out there for that. Do you think if you, if you were going to draft a woman for your VP, you go Nikki Haley, you go uh, the Fiorina? Uh, are you asking me or are you asking Courtney? She's the she's a token female here. I you the know, woman card. You're the woman card. The uterus card. Yeah, I would prefer Fiorina. Hey, what's it like having a uterus, Courtney? Because I've been told that I'm not allowed to hold political opinions. I'm assuming it's a significant portion of your life. Like, do you wake up? Like, oh, Thinking my God, uterus? my uterus. Yeah. Do you, like, Sometimes. Yeah. you hug your uterus? No, really, yeah. Uh, I don't, I hug my uterus when it's painful. Oh. It's kind of like me and my white privilege sometimes. And my white privilege... You wake up and you go, thank God I'm white. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Glad this is down there. <laughs> you love your whiteness. You look in the mirror My and you whiteness. give yourself affirmations. Yeah. I'm a beautiful man. Well, of course. Yeah, of course you do. Why, why wouldn't you? I don't understand. I'm just saying, you know, with, with this, we've been told we're not allowed to have political opinions. So that's why we, we throw that to you. So Fiorina, Nikki Haley. People were really mad with Nikki Haley. Why do you think they were so mad with Nikki Haley? Token uterus? She lectured people. Um, they shouldn't. She's... From what I understand, I didn't actually watch it. I know that makes me a horrible human being. But she told the Republicans the same thing that the Democrats tell the Republicans, you guys are angry and we shouldn't be angry and we should have our tempered tones and, and we should be nice. And Trump was right last night when he said we're, we are a bit angry, we're frustrated. And right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We, no. We, we've been raked over the coals the past eight years, more than the past eight years, the the re- the well, I would also imagine haven't been back, and the country's been kind of going into the crapper. Well, they have no idea as to what angry is. Angry is the people of a three-year-old boy who was raped in Norway. Angry is the people surrounding the reporter who was dragged off and raped by Syrian migrants. Angry is the people who have to fight off uh, Islamic migrants in France with guns because they're just beating people with bats in the park. What you are seeing, what people think here, and it used to be, right, the United States was conservative and everyone else that claimed to be conservative was kind of conservative light. The only place you see far, far right wing now is in Europe. They're angry. They're buying Mein Kampf yeah. in Germany. They're buying Mein yeah. Kampf in record numbers. Did you know that, not gay, Jared? I did not know that. Yeah. The news to me. Well, they didn't have it in publication for a long time, and then they brought it back. So some of it's a curiosity thing, and some of it is this book wasn't around, so let's get it, because obviously they've been keeping it from us. What's in it? Right. But I think there's also a, a rise of, of nationalism. And there would be if, if you... If you're letting people into your country, you've not voted for it. Your political class. This week in feminism. I mean, yeah, I hit him. 
like really hard, but he wasn't supposed to do anything about it. He was supposed to sit there and take it. I mean, <laughs> dancing in happy songs and jared is coughing with his sars but we're back with courtney scoffs follow her at courtney scoffs or of course read her writing at louderwithcrowder.com uh listen real quick plug here i will be in battle creek michigan january 29th anyone around there for uh, at the firekeepers casino it's called battle cry it's an event i will be telling jokes and doing stand-up and there will be other speakers there as well so um not a ton of shows this year because we've been focusing on this show and the website, but there are a handful, and it's leading up to a comedy special uh, that we'll be taping next fall. And I may or may not entirely retire from stand-up after that. Courtney, we're back with you. What what were we talking about before you left? What? Well, I was going to throw in there real quick. I launched a poll, uh, Nikki Haley versus Carly Fiorina. Who would you take as your VP with a uterus? We've got 34% of people say Haley. 49% say Fiorina, and uh, 17% say Lindsey Graham. Wow, so, okay. <laughs> All right. Lindsey yeah, I Graham. forgot about Lindsey Graham. Yeah, most, most people did. Lindsey Graham's family probably forgot about Lindsey Graham. I can't believe, you know, Lindsey Graham. Oh, this is an aggravating woman. I'm, dude, guy. He was showing his, he was there yesterday. They showed him in the crowd, like, Lindsey Graham is here. I'm like, well, why is he there? He should be afraid to show his face. Your punishment must be masturbated. It should be. It's because we all know it's Ellen DeGeneres in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just science. Yeah, there, he, and he's not a pretty woman either. He's no, he's no. Not, it's he's you know, very definitely wears comfy shoes. Uh, anyway, okay. What were we talking about before we left to the break? There was something Courtney was making a point. Oh, <sighs> I usually tune her out, so okay. I, you have to remember for well, me. Well, we were talking about the debates. Okay, Courtney, um, yes. you're a little more down down the road here. So, what did you think of Trump's performance last night? I, I thought he sounded kind of like a petulant little child, okay. except when he was making points. So there were some points that he was right on target. So, so Syrian he, refugee. He was taking over Rand Paul then. Wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what you were thinking. I don't know. How dare you? Uh, the nerve. Rand Paul. So <laughs> It was funny when his four bitch. supporters in the background started, we want Rand, we want Rand. And I think someone thought. Was that what they were chanting? They were saying, we yeah. Want Ed. They were chanting, we want Rand. Ah, uh, those guys. Yeah. And then someone made a comment to Cavuto, it's good that you're wearing a red tie. So I think it sounded to some people like we want red. I don't know. It was, uh, pretty sad. It was an awkward joke, but you know. Even his audience is super bitchy. They just showed up and I just. <laughs> that's all I heard. It's all the same. You're having a lot of fun over there. I, well, I am having a lot of fun over there. Over, I would have preferred over Rand here. Paul be there instead of John Kayslip. Yeah, I still want to know who's who wants to vote for that guy. I Nobody. think Ohio. I think people in Ohio would say he did a good job. I know Charles Barkley likes him. Yeah. Outside of Charles Barkley, I don't know. You hey, got to know the history of Ohio. Though. Send us your mail at lotterwithcrowder.com. Is there anyone out there? Anyone who wants Kasich? I've not. I, well, I've not met one person who wants Kasich, and I've not met a single person who wants Jeb Bush. Not one. It's not Jeb Bush. Mom. It's Jeb exclamation point. Yes. Jeb. 
Jeb. Jeb. Jeb. Have Jeb. I made, have I made you proud yet, mom? <laughs> you know that's just a tough dinner table for Thanksgiving oh, with them. It's got to be. It's got to be. Rough. Hey, George and George uh, and Jebbers. Uh, last year's leftovers. He's like the Ted oh, Kennedy Jeb. of the bushes. Yeah. Only he didn't kill anybody in a river. Well, he just he's all over the place. I can't understand what he's talking. Yeah, I know. You know what? Every now, yesterday, Jeb did stumble into some good points. And but he was so stumbling. Despite his best effort. Well, then he kept talking. You know. Yeah. Be like, you know, he he made a point. He's like, in in Florida, you know, we uh, increased revenue. We have one of the highest job rates, one of the lowest tax rates. We have a booming economy. Okay, great. And when Do you, and when Donald like Trump is like here and he's saying the thing, and you know, and it's like, well, no, 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 stop, stop. Look, look behind <laughs> you. There was the point. <laughs> and he just keeps on going, going, going. He's like that little kid in, in Little Giants who runs past the touchdown line, but he just keeps going. He doesn't realize he scored a touchdown. Yeah. Except he's never really scored a touchdown, Jeb Bush. No. Okay, so we have that. So we would would we probably rank it um, Ted, Rubio, Tide, then probably Carson, Trump, oh, Jeb, Carson. Kasich? I, I did not think Carson did well. No, but he was adorable. Everyone loved him. <laughs> he was that. Yeah. He was that. He got some laughs. He got some laughs. and uh. You didn't find him adorable? I, I don't he's know. He's such a great man. I thought that this was just—he—he's one of the best guys America's probably produced. He's such a good guy. He's a good man, and yet he is. And that in a debate, he just—you just, just kind of go, "Oh, look at how cute!" And that's not right for a neurosurgeon like that. It's no. not. It's just not his forte. No, I do think he serves a purpose, though, to show the vitriolic hatred of the left because he's a guy who really nobody should hate. He's a no. guy who really has done. I mean, the biggest knock they had against him was the, thinking the pyramids were maybe used to store grains, in which he was wrong. Um, there's really, no, you may just say he's ill qualified, sure. But the vitriolic hatred that came toward uh, Ben Carson, and they, uh, what do they do? Accuse him of being a racist, right? Accuse him of right, being. That's desperate, yeah. Right. So I think it, he proved a point. If they're going to do it about Ben Carson, they're going to do it to anyone. So I think he served a valuable role. But, yeah, I, I don't think the presidency is his for the taking. No, I think it's at, – at this point, I think it's going to be between the three of them. It's going to be Trump, Cruz, and Rubio. I think we saw that last night. What do you – okay. Well, anyways, now we're talking about this a little too much. Do you uh, – other thing we talked about this week, we didn't talk about yet, but, you know, Ricky Gervais got in a lot of trouble at the Golden Globes for his transphobic joke about Kate. Which Lincoln. was funny. It was a funny joke. And I know people are going to get mad and say, well, are you supporting him? He's anti-Christian. I know. Ricky Gervais is an atheist, and he makes fun of Christians. He's also wildly funny. So He's, he's hilarious. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. He gave us the yeah. office. I mean, he's... He gave us the office. Yeah, he gave us extras. Um, so he said in his, his monologue, his joke was, um, I'm going to be nice tonight. I've changed not, almost, not as much as Bruce Jenner, obviously. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Now, Caitlyn Jenner, of course, what a year she's had. She's become a role model for trans people everywhere, showing great bravery in breaking down barriers and destroying stereotypes. Didn't do a lot for female drivers, but you can't have everything, can you? Not at the same time. <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's very funny. Everyone got furious. 
And now Caitlyn Jenner said on Ricky, I, I think what I'm going to do is call the Golden Globes and see if they need a new host for next year. Or right after I get Batman. Right after I get Batman. <laughs> and see if that'll solve the problem. I'm disappointed it's because... That'll solve the problems. You, know, you know, Bruce Jenner before this didn't seem like he was, you know, he was so whiny about it. So for him to go after Ricky Gervais here, uh, that's disappointing to me. Um I didn't even think it was transphobic at all. It was is it transphobic now to acknowledge that Bruce became Caitlyn overnight? I mean, it's, it was just an acknowledgement. It wasn't even making fun of it. It was making fun of bad driving. Well, he killed someone. <laughs> <laughs> so there is, that is a, little a little black dot on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Pardon my French, yeah. but you're an asshole. That's what you are. If you kill somebody, yeah. yeah. So there's there's kind of three parts of the joke. Yes. I Stereotype woman, I transitioned to a woman. Oh, and I killed someone. Yes. So I think of those three things, what he's most sensitive about is I killed someone. And I still and have a penis. <laughs> I still have a tallywhacker. Well, is it, is, it considered oppress, is it considered oppressive male patriarchy if you kill someone when you transition as a woman, but you still have your John Thomas? That's the million-dollar question. <laughs> is it considered... A hate crime because a man killed a woman? Or is it considered marginalization self-defense because a trans defended against an innocent bystander <laughs> and ran her over? <laughs> the aggressive bystander, an aggressive jaywalker. Uh, you know what was happening when that happened, too? You know what was happening, right? That person was probably walking. This was before the transition. Remember, Courtney, before the transition, yeah. the manslaughter. But... Bruce talked about how he'd been experimenting for a while. And I bet you Bruce Jenner was probably driving down the street, dressed in his dress at this point, because he hadn't transitioned publicly, but was, you know, experimenting, just like going out in the town dressed as a woman. And someone was walking by and probably paused. It was like, wait, is that Bruce Jenner? <laughs> Bam! That's what happened. It was the pause. So she was killed because she was transphobic. Because she was looking at him going... That's so, is it? a lot of ways she had it what coming. Is it? Allegedly. Allegedly had it coming. Well, um, justice was served. I, well, I just this this it, listen, if you're a public figure, it, you open yourself up to it. Right. I mean, it's just Especially what happens if you're a public figure, you're a guy and you're wearing a dress. Strong I mean, case on. to be made <laughs> if, you are, <laughs> if you are going out and playing dress up. For people to say, I don't like your outfit. I don't like your yeah. costume. I mean, you go to a and Halloween look, party, people judge your costume, right? It's true. Absolutely. And and that guy, he kind of looks like a woman until he opens his mouth and you hear it. And you're like, that is so weird. Speaking of costume, weird. did I ever tell the story about when I got kicked out of Chipotle on Halloween? I think I've heard it for this, me personally. And I, I've this documented past it Halloween? How long do we one. have? How long do we have to? Do we have a couple minutes? We got a couple minutes. I think we got a couple minutes, right? Yeah. Control right. Central. We got a couple minutes. Okay. So this is a story about a costume. Speaking of costume, Chipotle has a rule: you dress up as a burrito on Halloween, you get a free burrito. Okay. So I thought this is great. I was poor. I was living in L.A. I had a date at the time. Beautiful Ethiopian girl. We're still friends. Just didn't work out. So. I say, we're going to Chipotle. She's like, what do you want to do tonight? You want to watch a scary movie? No, I want to go to Chipotle. I want to get my free burrito. I'm dressing up as a burrito. I wrap myself out in white towels, and I stuff some leaves and lettuce in there. And I go in, and I'm in line. And I realize no one else is dressed like a burrito, but they're getting the free burritos. The rules must be lax. I get up. No free burrito. 
Why? The rule was tinfoil. I'm like, well, that guy's not dressed. They go, yeah, well, he has t a tinfoil hat. I said, what? They said, well, the burrito is tinfoil. We wrap our burritos in tinfoil. I said, okay, I, but I'm clearly, I mean, I actually have a full costume. I have leaves and lettuce <laughs> taped to me. He's like, yeah, but you don't have the tinfoil. And so he, said, he wouldn't give me the burrito. So I argued with him for about 10 minutes. And then I asked for the manager. At this point, my date had left. And I said, listen, <laughs> man, the manager was named, uh, was named, named, I think, like Jimenez or something like that. I said, are you Mex Mexican? Yeah. I said, do you have actual relatives from Mexico? Yes. I said, okay. In Mexico, is every single burrito wrapped in tinfoil? No. But do they all have tortillas? Yes. That's it. Okay. I'm a burrito. I'm a more accurate burrito. <laughs> this guy has a tinfoil bracelet. They still say, no, you need tinfoil. I say, okay. So I walk out. I get tinfoil from somebody else, from their hat. And I take a bunch of tinfoil. I put it on, come back in. And they said, no, we're not going to give it to you. I said, why? They said, we know you didn't buy your own tinfoil. We saw you take it from that other guy. I said, you're not going to let me do it because it's recycled tinfoil. I told them you will have to call the cops. Because I am not leaving this line until I get my free burrito. You know, I've, I've been around you enough. I can after thirty minutes picture you making this. Stand. After thirty minutes, I got my burrito, but my date uh, w went back to the house. That's not that's not surprising. Well, they should spec they shouldn't specify. You don't have to. I yeah. You want to bring your receipt for your your uh, your purchased tinfoil? Is that the, is that it, the rule? That's now? what it was. It was about the tinfoil. Yeah. So anyway. And we were just talking about costumes. All right, Courtney, where can people find you on Twitter? We have to let you go. At Courtney Scoffs. At Courtney Scoffs. And she will be giving you some updates and uh, wrap-ups of the debate. She's very good at this. Uh, just, don't, just don't make fun of her uterus. Courtney, thank you very much. You must go. And uh, we have to go pretty soon. I didn't realize we're going into the last segment here. Jeez. That last couple hours went by fast. Um, by fast. All right, we'll be back. We'll wrap it up in a nice bow for you. A, a gender-neutral bow. Gosh, I keep screwing it up with this stuff. I need to say gender-neutral bow. I need to specify it. Otherwise, we're going to get a call from a lawyer. Because bows are feminine. I didn't mean it as a slight to... I'm just... I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get it right after this. it's time for your dating advice minute with Bill Cosby. Now this next letter comes to me from Muslim in Sweden and he writes, Mr. Cosby, I have recently immigrated to Sweden but I find myself without a woman. There's a woman that I really want to date but the only way I can have the relations with me is if I take it into my own hands and she is not necessarily a willing participant in the baloney bop boop bop. Mother, it sounds like you've got it under control. This has been your Dating Advice Minute with Bill Cosby.
You never hear that song anywhere else on uh, on radio. I like um, that song. It's a good song. I dig it. It comes from Kanye. I know. Chicago needs to formally apologize for Kanye. But the guy's got some good beats. So we are in the home stretch here. Funny, while conservatives, we were all talking about the GOP debates, it was nowhere near the top trends anywhere online. People, No one cares about those debates nationally from that perspective right now. It's pretty niche. The Oscars. Niche for the rest of Americans. They call it niche? I think it's a niche. niche, niche. Like a niche market? You know what I also can't say? Lingerie. That's oh, not a word. Lingerie? It's not a word. Lingerie? Something like that. Yeah, it's not. I'm it's very it. hard for me to say those, the French-English words. Um, I always get messed up. Lan- is that lingerie? Is that how they say it? Yeah. It's lingerie. Yeah, that sounds stupid. And these are French words. Yeah. I never want to be that Spanish guy who's like, you know, oh, what happened in the news? What happened in San Juan today with a shooting down in Juan Marcos? Like, why are you doing this? Why are you faking an accent now? I'm not, it's just these words I've learned as a French Canadian my whole life. And I've talked about that. I've had waiters correct me the right, wrong way. Like I was ordering a beer, Fins du Monde. That's just what I've known my whole life. And I'm like, oh, the Fins du Monde? Okay. Yes. But then they came back like, we're out of the Fins du Monde. I said, okay, I'll have the, uh, the Belgeau, please. You mean the Belgeau? All right. Okay. <laughs> this is enough. I've had enough of this. So the trend has been the Oscars. A lot of, this has been, to me, a really crappy year for films. Yeah, I, I know we feel Not like, a lot of memorable ones to me. We feel like that every year. I actually thought last year was pretty good with Gone Girl and Nightcrawler were really good. And then, then you got, uh, what was it, the Michael Keaton one that took all the... Uh, Birdman, that was Birdman. okay. It was okay. But they had some, you know, Foxcatcher. They had some films that were at least memorable. This year, I, I can't think of many. Uh, um, you know what it was? No Escape with Owen Wilson. That was pretty good. I, I would actually put enjoyed that, that one. It was very intense. It was. Very intense. I would put that, that roof up there. scene. That roof scene that you just like sticks in your mind. The roof scene and then the scene with the, the kid and the gun and these sort of. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. So I would recommend. It's a very rough thing to see, but uh, no escape. I saw The Revenant. Revenant was good. Revenant is not a particularly pleasant film to watch. Spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler. If you don't want to hear this right now, I'm not giving any specifics, but it's very painful to it's watch. It's kind of like The Passion of the Christ, but. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. And a bear. We, everyone knows he gets mauled Less by a bear. Less Jewy, more bear. By the way, Drudge Report, Breitbart, they just, they miss, no one gets sexually accosted by a bear. Remember those headlines that said, Does Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't get raped by a bear. Okay, it doesn't happen. I don't know why conservatives feel the need to sensationalize titles. Leftists do it too, but there's a rash of it on the right, and I don't know why they do it. A bear mauling is enough. It's rough. The film is painful to watch, but of course the trends that come out afterward... Oscar's so white, and people complaining that it's discrimination. Okay, listen. There's only a certain percentage of the population that's black, and it's a small percentage compared to white people. Now, if you look at the content that is deliberately created and distributed to black people, it's more, it's less likely to be nominated. Tyler Perry stuff and Kevin Hart ride-alongs don't tend to get the nominations. Now, I know, now listen, when there is a good film, Dreamgirls, Films that are out there that are just like other films that happen to be uh, what you would consider in the Oscar wheelhouse, they get nominated, right? Well, they they say it's the only ones that get nominated are the ones about slaves. That's what they say. That's what Dream Girls. uh, What was the one about? uh, uh, Not Louis Armstrong. uh, Ray. um, Denzel Washington and Training Day. That's what he won for. There was a Malcolm X, Halle Berry and Monsters Ball. Uh, I, I mean, I the list goes on. Sure. So, 
again, this is the problem. We see everything through the prism of there's not enough black people. Okay, what black people performances do you think deserve to be there that weren't there? Only one I could think of that probably I could see getting in um, off the top of my head is the Will Smith one, Concussion, but I didn't see the movie. I, I didn't see Concussion. Saw, saw I, heard, I heard it was mediocre. It looks like a drama-ish kind of Well, they were scraping nominated. the bottom of the barrel because Creed they got were, nomination. I can't believe. Creed is worse Creed than nominated. Rocky Five, and it was nominated. Definitively. Definitively worse. It was really, really bad. And I like Rocky. I can even appreciate the crappy Rockies, like three and four and five. They're not, but I can appreciate them for what they are. Rocky one is great. Rocky two is good. Rocky Balboa was actually really good. Creed was borderline unwatchable. Sylvester Stallone was the best part of that movie. Not yeah. that there's a lot to choose from, but even he, I don't know how he got nominated for. Well, it's the social justice thing. year, and but that was sort of Creed. Michael B. Jordan. By a long shot, did not deserve an Oscar nomination. There was nothing. There was nothing there for it. It wouldn't have been good for a TBS show. No, the acting. No. Um, and I think you listen. I think Denzel's Washington's one of the best actors ever. Um, Will I think Smith's a fantastic. Will Smith actor. is a fantastic actor, both comedic and dramatic. So, and I'll be like, oh, it's like saying I have black friends. Listen, if I'm willing to say that these are some of the best actors ever, it's a just despite the fact that you say it's a typical argument, it's a perfectly reasonable argument. If there are black actors who I think are fantastic and worthy of awards, it probably means I'm not precluding people for awards based on race. So, of course, everything has to be ruined now. The Oscars. Why are there no black? Well, there are black people. There just aren't enough black people. And you know what? There was a time when it, this wasn't the first thing that always came up. Right? Where you had the Oscars and maybe some people, but it wasn't the first thing right away. There are no black people that start a march or riot, depending where you are. Baltimore, Ferguson, Chicago. It, it, it really is sad. And this is what people talk about when they say, you know, I want to go back to the America I was raised in. People go, oh, so you want to go back to black people not being... No! Even just going back to the 80s or 90s when people could watch the Oscars and enjoy it. And there were white people nominated and there were black people nominated. And there were usually more white people because there are more white people in the United States than black people. And that's okay. And it didn't need to be cause for a march. And a Malcolm X meme that has dropped into my timeline like a morphine drip. So we've got that. No doubt the, the, the coverage of the GOP debates will be there's some kind of racism, anti-Muslim. Watch for it. This is what's going to happen. They're going to paint all of these people as hateful, as bigoted, as privileged. They'll ignore Ben Carson and say all of them are white. They'll ignore the Latinos, Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. Same thing with the Oscars. They're going to talk about how there's not enough black people, how it's not diverse enough. And what is this? All, both the biggest trending issues. And what does this culminate into? Racism. Painting your opposition, the political right, the libertarian movement, the liberty movement, the freedom movement as racist because they want to stop it. They want to stifle it. They don't want you to see yourself as an individual, but part of a group that can be bought. Don't be bought. Louder with Crowder. See you next week. Former governor of Minnesota and professional wrestler here, Jesse Ventura, the bot. 
before you get distracted in your tabloids and your cable news programs that run on 24-hour news cycles. It's important to know that the American government is willingly lying to its people about issues that truly matter. Like the fact that Hitler is still alive in Argentina playing patty cake with Sean Penn. Know the facts.